Quest Gaming Network presents Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Hi everybody, welcome back to Elder Scrolls Off the Record. I am Joe the Widget Wilson and I am joined by the formerly fun Eve Arwen. Hey, I'm really boring today, guys. Formerly <laughs> fun. I would say it's great to be here, but that's too fun to say. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Joe and the chat room. Great to see everyone coming out tonight. You really can't take my intro seriously after we start the alphabet thing. <laughs> it's alright, I'm formally fun. Formally fun. I'm, I gave you two F's. I, I, that too, uh, I've gotten two Fs before. They don't make a, a, a nice big happy F. Oh, God. <laughs> Is that like an F plus? So I meant like a math test, not wherever you took that, Dave. F plus is a ghetto <laughs> A. <laughs> now, now, remember the key is A minus is an Asian F. God! <laughs> Speaking of Luke, frankly, it's Lewis Alon. <laughs> Hello, Joe. Hello, Robert. Hello, everyone in the chat room. Glad you all made it out tonight. <laughs> and everyone's fantastic fantasy is David Deanforce Adams. Fantastic <laughs> fantasy. Oh, that's exactly everyone's fantasy. A very large man with pigtails. <laughs> Sexy. Yeah. Come get some. And the flocking shank the tank. Oh, hey! <laughs> What's going on? Like, totally. Uh, <laughs> Hi, Booba. <laughs> How, how's it going, Booba? Like, chat room, internet, everybody just divine to be here tonight. Janine! <laughs> yep, this is Elseworld off the record. All right. <laughs> Before we get any further off the, off the record, Yvonne, um, you want to take us into our sponsors, please? Sure, and uh, wow, thank you to everyone who uh, supported the show this week. Uh, first up is uh, Tweaked Audio. This episode of Elder Scrolls Off the Record is brought to you by Tweaked Audio's classic silver edition earbuds with the microphone. Tweaked classic silver with mic features a solid metal design, a nylon tangle-free cord, noise reduction technology designed to bring you, your audio, to the forefront and a gold-plated connection that will ensure optimal sound clarity. Comes with a free storage pouch. And the best part? An inline mic will deliver superior audio clarity. So your phone conversations are going to sound amazing on the other end. That comes to a $29.95 on their site, tweakedaudio.com. But with our code, off the record, you'll get them for $19.77, saving you over $10 on that one. Uh, if you're looking for an amazing set, of earbuds for just a little bit less with that pink thought don't forget about their pink earbuds still on clearance 
on their site. Going for $14.90 and with our code off the record, that drops it even further down to $9.83. You get that with free worldwide shipping, unbeatable customer service, and of course their lifetime warranty, all at tweakedaudio.com. Additionally, uh, we'd like to thank Guild Launch for sponsoring our show today. Guys, are you looking for a sleek and sexy web space to get that guild or community off the ground and looking professional? Don't fall for those noob sites, all right? 250,000 guilds, clans, teams, and communities can't go wrong. Get your free site at Guild Launch, guildlaunch.com. The only site that can bring you specially designed themes for that MMO you play, such as World of Warcraft, Terra, Lord of the Rings Online, Guild Wars 2, EverQuest 2, EVE Online, Aeon, Swotor, Rift, and so many, many, many more. FPS gurus, this is the place to punch your competition in the face with themes from Call of Duty, Black Ops 2, Planetside 2, StarCraft 2, League of Legends, and Battlefield 3. Gain that competitive edge at guildlaunch.com that only Guild Launch can provide with DKP tools for raiders and even mobile-optimized sites. That's just what you get for free, guys, over at Guild Launch. Choose from one of their three subscription plans if you want to take it a bit further. Starting at $7 a month, you'll find features like your own domain, Google Analytics, storage, advertising, attendance reports, and more. Stay current with your guild or guild with your own newsletters, too, All right, powered by Guild Launch as well. ESO Guild leaders, your adventures in Tamriel will start here for free at guildlaunch.com. The power to play and the tools to dominate. Uh, this episode was also made awesome by fans such as Richard Hope at Green Ring Gaming. Find him and his YouTube gaming news show on YouTube. Richard was kind enough to tell us, check out Green Ring Gaming. It's a growing YouTube channel that has all your gaming news and let's play fun. Channel includes a popular weekly gaming news show called Twig, which stands for This Week in Gaming, which has up-to-date news, charts, and game releases. There is regular Microsoft videos and various other Let's Plays as well. Go to youtube.com forward slash Green Ring Gaming. Also, the founder of Green Ring Gaming, Rich, can be found on Twitter at Green Ring Gamer and Facebook at Green Ring Gaming. And we'd also like to thank Susan F. of Manchester in the United Kingdom. This episode's for you guys. We thank you so much. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> all right, but first we have something quick to mention, and uh, this is pretty sexy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to catch my breath for a second. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you can't do that. you got to be professional here and keep going all night. <laughs> so, all right, um, this is kind of like a, a semi-rant, so I'll... What I will do, though, is I'll keep the rant down. Um, sort of keeping our ear out in the old Elder Scrolls Online community, I heard something that really kind of aggravated me because it was passed off as as if it were hard fact, and, and it was said several times, like, it is confirmed. I'm not going to tell you what was said or who said it. What I am going to say is what the actual fact is. So we think it's important to let you people know that who are looking forward to Elder Scrolls Online that it has been confirmed that you are able to make characters in all three factions. Mega server doesn't matter, okay? You're not forced to make a character in one faction because of the mega server. You can make characters in all the different factions. And that is the truth. That's all I got. Yeah, uh, that works for me. 
Yep. I'm going to give you a breather. I wasn't going to continue on something else that you have talked a lot in, but I'm like, <laughs> do I really want to torture Yvarwin this much right now in the beginning of the show? As tempting as it was, um, I'm actually going to let Shank go right into his gameplay tonight. Oh. Yo, people. Okay. So, first of all, oh, this is cool, man. I'm going first. Check this out. Uh, anyway. Yeah, we like to save the best for last in, you know, that order. Oh, so so Lou's going last. But I'm probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... I just wanted to mention something very quick, if I may. Um, so I'm starting to we're, – we're trying to do like a uh, – trying to, you know, have more direct engagement with you guys. And I said, you know, let's do a streaming thing every Saturday. So keep it to our Twitter. Every Friday, if you're 18 or older, we'll be asking you guys a question. And, you know, depending on the answers we get, we will pick somebody. And you will be able to guest host a stream with us the following day on Saturday. So – that was just real quick, and in that in mind, links perfectly to my gameplay, because what happened on Saturday, guys? I streamed some Oblivion with the guest host, Wade Carpenter. He's uh, consistently in our chat room and is a uh, fan of the show, so I'd like to... Yeah, uh, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's pretty cool, man. So I had a great time just uh, chatting with him, and uh, we had Dave on for a bit, and Joe yeah. as well. And uh, it was fun. Uh, it, was, it was just fun. It was really cool to uh, you know just directly hang out with our fans and just... Uh, you know, talk about Elder Scrolls, man. It's, it's a good time. So during that gameplay, I, uh, as you may have known, I'm doing Thieves Guild stuff. And where I left off last time was that I had to get a letter forged by a certain stranger in Anvil. And of course, you know, he forged a letter, had to seal it, walked, obviously, you know, walked back to the Imperial City about an hour, which is kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Picking uh, flowers. Yeah, it was it was killing wolves. Pretty much, yeah. Actually, that's yeah. And I uh, got the letter sealed and um, complained a lot about picking locks, and you know, probably know that already. So realized I had stuff defense, guys. I have a bunch of stolen stuff around. If I get caught, I'm kind of screwed. So <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, walked all the way up to Bruma and used my trusty fence uh, on guard, the world weary. And got a bunch of stuff down, but realized, you know, I had been summoned by the Dark Brotherhood a while back. And, Wait, what uh, was this guy's name? Ongar the World Weary. He's, like, always tired. He's in uh, Olav's uh, tap and tack. I think I had that guy for uh, for English in high school. <laughs> if you would stop eating so much junk and actually nap every now and then. <laughs> Exercise works wonders. Mm. <laughs> That's why I walk everywhere, man. So... <laughs> so yeah, I realized I had the Dark Brotherhood quest just chilling here. So, you know, I, I figured, okay, let, let me let me do some Dark Brotherhood stuff. So, walked to Chadenal from Bruma through uh, a couple of uh, mountain passes. And these are some of, like, the, you know, not official roads. They're, they're great because there's a lot of cool stuff to discover off the beaten path. And one of the things I re- realized was... That's a long was, walk, dude. It is uh, sort of, yeah. I, I think, what, did I write down how long it took me? Yeah, I did. Hour and 45 minutes. I tweeted it to Liz, and she was like, why don't you just fast travel? And my brain exploded. <laughs> <laughs> I had to take all the flowers on the way, man. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> that nerd root's not going to find itself. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. And, uh, you know, I, I realized that I, I, I ran into a bunch of alien ruins along the way, and I, I realized I really, really miss seeing the alien ruins. They're just something very... 
majestic, but they also have this sense I of... I can't wait till we get to our thing further on down yeah, in the show. Yeah, I know, dude. I know. I, I, <laughs> confirmed. That's confirmed. I know. You. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, anyway, I'll save that for later because I'll, I'll Foreshadowing. Speed dun, dun, dun. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's, you know, they just add that sense of history and believability to the world. So, got my first quest for the DB which was to kill a pirate captain on the Marie Elena, which is a ship in the waterfront district. And a uh, quick tip for you guys, if you're in the Dark Brotherhood and you know are new to Sky, uh, not Skyrim, Oblivion, uh, once you get your quest, you can actually talk to the other members of the Dark Brotherhood uh, for advice. And they usually give you very, very good advice on another way that you can kind of accomplish your uh, contract. So I would highly recommend speaking with them. They're very useful. So, of course, naturally, there were two ways to, uh, you know, get into the ship to kill the captain. I won't tell you the other way, but I will tell you the way that I did it was to jump on the ship's balcony. And I snuck in and killed him, which was sweet. Uh, And I stole his stuff, got back, got my reward, got a quest to kill a Banelin in Bruma. This is probably my second favorite Dark Brotherhood quest in the entire game, guys. This is so cool. Basically, you have to go to Bruma and you have to kill this wood elf named Banelin. But like all the other quests in uh, Oblivion, you ha- you get a bonus for doing it a certain way. And in this way, you have to basically drop a uh, moose head fixture on his face, but not get caught or kill his bodyguard. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's really cool because he sits in like his uh, armchair between 8 and 11 p.m., I believe. And if you sneak up, you can actually kind of get like up above where he sits and there's like these fastenings that you loosen and the moose head drops on him and it kills him. And it's pretty cool. So it's just, you know, just things like that that are just make this game memorable. So yeah, back at the Sanctuary, I got the reward and got my very favorite quest to uh, go back into, in, in uh, the Dark Brotherhood, I should say, to get back into the Imperial Prison and kill Valen Dreth. And if you guys don't know who Valen Dreth is, this dude is actually, if you start the game and you're in the character creation, right after you create your character, there's a there's a guy kind of like berating you and calling you names and stuff. Yeah. And that's Valen Dreth. You actually see that guy again? Yes, you do. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yes, it is. And it's really, really cool because the first time I realized it, I was like, man, that's sick. Because, like, you know, he's just some guy, like, mouthing off to you in the very beginning. And you're just like, oh, whatever. You know, he's just some wisecrack. Yeah, like, he's just some jerk that I have to I have to put up with. Yeah. Himself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not but, anymore. Uh, exactly. Not anymore. And this is incredibly difficult because the bonus for this quest is not only... So you have to break back into the sewers, but you cannot kill any guard. You can't kill anyone, in fact, except well, That's for no fun. Dude, oh my god, it is amazing. I love it. I, I I, mean, I'm like, my character is just pure stealth. That's just my de facto playstyle. It is so fun to do that. It's, oh, I can't wait to do this quest. Um, so <laughs> I got the quest but didn't do it because I realized I still hadn't des- delivered the uh, sealed letter back to Anvil because I kind of just wandered around uh, and <laughs> did other quests. So eventually got back to him. Um, you know, so... Hieronymus Lex, that was the whole purpose of this quest was to get Hieronymus Lex, the Imperial Watch Captain, back to Anvil out of your way. Did that, then was finally able to get the Grey Fox quests and got my first quest, which was to steal Sevilla Stone from the Temple of Ancestor Moths. Now, 
this this should just immediately start ringing bells here because first of all, Ancestor mods. If you if you haven't played any other games but have played Skyrim, specifically the Dawnguard expansion, you guys should know who the uh, the the moth priests are. Yeah. So yeah. So I you need to in this quest break into their chapel, sneak by all of the moth priests, and steal something from them and get out. Yeah, doesn't seem like it's going to be all that hard. I mean, I remember that moth priest from uh, from Skyrim. He was completely incapable of doing anything. Oh no, no, they are. You, first of all, they're blind, right? I mean, you're completely correct. They're blind, but they are not alone. They're not the only things that are in there that you have to get by. Mm. Yeah, especially the the last sort of thing that you need to uh, bypass is a little bit uh, tricky, and it's it's pretty interesting because that was my first thought. I was like, whatever, they're blind. <laughs> no, yeah, I'll just walk right in. Someone's yeah. gonna be like, "Hey, who's that over there? I can't see anything." And then Shank's like, "Uh, oh, it's uh, Jasmine." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I had to steal uh, that uh, Sevilla stone, got my reward, and um, basically was told that I need to meet back up with the uh, the gray fox because he wants to see me again, and. Um, you know what? This is where the Thieves Guild starts getting brilliant. And this is why really the last act of this Thieves Guild is what propels this guild far and away than any other quest I've ever played in any game. And I just, I cannot, I, you know, playing Oblivion again after playing Skyrim for about a year and a half, it's really bringing about that nostalgia and be like, man, so this, this is the reason I completely fell in love with this series. Yeah. And it feels like I'm playing it for the first time, and it's it's an amazing feeling. I love it. I, I have to say, I, I caught your thing on Twitter this week where you you admitted that that uh, Oblivion was your favorite Elder Scrolls game. Yes, and I'm I'm glad you caught that actually because uh, reliving it again, I think you know after being dumped into Skyrim for a long time, and again, no means a complaint. I, I'm just especially if you've read the article that I posted, I, I really. You know, it's it's starting to hit me that, yes, Skyrim is a brilliant, brilliant game, and I absolutely love it, but uh, I, I think I might like Oblivion more than Skyrim. It's a bold yeah. statement, but uh, that's... that's You know what, though? There's, blasphemy. There's nothing wrong with that, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can we take a vote on whether or not there's something wrong with that? Because there is something wrong with that. <laughs> All in favor, say aye. Yeah, aye. Aye. <laughs> that's the thing, though. Like, a vote has already been done on that i i posted a uh, a vote on that like what's your favorite elder scrolls game um i think it was back in november on the the elder scrolls uh the forums, yes. forums. yeah didn't both skyrim and oblivion lose to Morrowind? no um what happened was fans demanded i put in a all of them category because oh, that's was- cheating well, no, I, I don't think it's cheating because you know there there were there was a lot of people that um, Skyrim Skyrim won a little bit, but Oblivion and um, and Morrowind were were voted much more highly than I thought they would, and I think Morrowind eked it out just over Oblivion. So Oblivion kind of came in like you know third on on that. Um, not to say that those were the only games that were on the list, but I mean, you know, Daggerfall and Arena didn't really garner too many votes. Uh, it was it was really Morrowind, uh, Oblivion, and Skyrim that that did. Um, but the the number one category that that came out through throughout all of these was the all of them <laughs> category. 
Yeah, and uh, I mean, I said it last time, and I'm going to say it again. Like, I'm this is the game that I'm going to be sticking with for the foreseeable future, just because I, I I'm just completely immersed again, man. It just happened to me all over again. That, that you know, this man, this it's a phenomenal game. Love it. That's uh, that's it for my playthrough, though. It's, uh, as you would expect, it's a lot of exploring. You know, a lot yeah. of walking around. Picking I, was, flowers. I was actually <laughs> expecting more descriptions of your flowers and um, how you decorated your house with them. <laughs> that's the thing, dude. I actually don't have a house. I'm a homeless in this game, man. Okay, well that that, fit, that actually fits your your play style. So I mean, it's kind of sad. <laughs> There's a shank near you. That's homeless. <laughs> Hungry, uh, starving, somewhere in Bruma on the streets. Well, we would stop <clears throat> picking flowers all the time. <laughs> all right, guys. We have people a- gainfully employed. <laughs> We have uh, an email to get into. This came in to, from us. Came, I can talk. This came in to us from JD Core. And Dave, you want to take this one, buddy? I'll take that as a no. It's probably <laughs> muted. I was muted up. Isn't that nice? <laughs> wow. Okay, I'm, actu- I'm at it right now. I actually was like starting to read it and everything before whatever. Anyway, uh, this is from Jaded Core. It says, from Imperial Guard... Yeah, I guess. Hi guys, it was great tuning into your live cast tonight. You told me to email you about a question I asked in the chat room. What did you think of the enemy character animations during combat? I'm expecting this was from our ESO event at PAX. Yeah. Uh, especially during power attacks, crits, and sneak attacks. Personally, I found it difficult to tell if my attacks were doing any extra damage because the enemies didn't appear to react differently than a normal attack. The only exception was a shield bash and the follow-up power attack. I also didn't particularly like the placement of the enemy health bar, especially in relation to my own health-slash-stamina bars. I found myself having to look up and down the screen a lot during combat. Curious to hear your thoughts. And that's from Jaded Core. Any of you guys have a response for this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think I think he's got a point there for the uh, for the health bar for sure. Um, the, uh, the the fact that the now, now Joe, do you remember it exactly where it was? Was it below the the enemy or was it on top of him? It was on top. It was on top. It was on, it was on top. Yeah. Yes. And your health bar was on the bottom of your screen. Yeah, it was on the bottom. Um, you know what? I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I've played a lot of MMOs with a lot of different setups to the UI. This was one of the most easiest to read, most streamlined UIs I've come across from a fresh MMO. When I especially comparing it to Swotor with how horrible, you know, some things that you need to see at one time were at the bottom of the screen, some things were up on the side, some things were up near the map. You know, it, it was just all over the place. Yeah. Everything you need. Yeah, you if you want to see what's going on with the enemy, you're gonna have to look at the enemy. If you want to see what's going on with you, you're gonna have to look at your stats. That's gonna that's gonna be what's happening anywhere. And honestly, having it at only two places is a lot better than having it spread all out. I I personally was in love with the UI. I, I was too. I had literally no complaints about it whatsoever. I think that the only thing, actually, I take that back. I think they could leave the uh, the hot bar on by default and then give the option turn off. Even though I know why they have everything turned off right away is to give that minimalistic look to it for Elder Scrolls fans. 
the yeah. MMO fan of me inside of me was saying, "Where's my hot bar?" <laughs> oh yeah, I immediately went and turned everything on. It's like a security blanket, you know. Mm-hmm. It is. It, it makes me feel happy. <laughs> As for the character animations during combat, this is it was still very very early beta, so some of it's kind of janky, but for the most part, looked very very fluid, surprisingly fluid to me. You know. I, I have to completely agree, but I can see where this guy's saying that he couldn't tell the difference between, you know, power attacks, crits, and sneak attacks from an enemy. Because it's so fluid, it almost, it doesn't stop and say, hey, I'm doing a power attack, you should watch out. Well, it kind of does. It's They have, they have actually have color cues. I'm colorblind, I saw them. Um, for two That's different types. Yeah, I know, really, right? Yeah. One for power and one for special that they do. Um, there w- I noticed subtle cues that were occurring around the enemy. They were like kind of like these, uh, kind of like a, a glowing hue around the the enemy, right before they mm-hmm. did either a special or they did. If it was a special attack, it was like a yellow glow around them. If it was a power attack, it was a white glow. So it kind of gave you that subtle clue. And, and once I figured that out, I was able to dodge things extremely easy. I yeah, really I, didn't even notice that because I was just watching the character animations themselves and couldn't differentiate. I didn't even notice there was a glow to anything. Yeah, there there definitely are, and um, I I found it very very intuitive to to be honest. There was there's some things that you're looking at you don't realize you're looking at it because it's that intuitive. You know, um, we got a question in the chat room about this too. T uh, three is saying didn't they didn't they say you can customize the UI? To probably what they meant by that was turning things on and off to what you like, and the fact that oh. they're going to be launching mods. Yes, exactly. You don't like the UI? Get a better one. <laughs> I love that. That's yeah. so cool. And they, they already said to us in the interview, I believe, was it Paul Sage who said it? Was mm-hmm. the fact that it's going to be the, they opened up the UI, f- the API for UI modification. Uh, any last thoughts, guys, before we move on? No. Well, shall we uh, tackle the elephant in the room? Yeah, let's uh, let's grab it up and bring it on home. Okay. You ready, Shane? Whoa! <laughs> what? Hold the phone. Those uh, lab experiments for the extra ten bucks—I told you were not worth it. Oh, dude, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you needed money that bad, Shank, <laughs> we would have given you the ten dollars, dude. <laughs> in a heartbeat. <clears throat> <laughs> Conflict in Cyrodiil Part 1 At a glance, this didn't look like much Until you started reading it And then suddenly your mind was blown Ivarwin yeah. Just, oh, dude I mean, I, I had the same feeling about this So, so Elder Scrolls Online uh, ElderScrollsOnline.com Posted this, um, this uh, article Called uh, Conflict in Cyrodiil Part 1 on uh, Thursday, March twenty eighth, and basically what this does is it uh, it gives us the most the most insight uh, into PvP in in ESO. Uh, I want to I want to preface what we're about to get into with with a quote from them. So this comes directly from their site, um, elderscrollsonline.com. Uh, and I quote, you'll be able to help push your alliance towards victory in Cyrodiil in a variety of ways, not just through defeating other players. And we want to shed some more light on the details in this two-part article. In this first installment, we'll discuss the various activities you can participate 
while in Cyrodiil, campaigns and how they work, and the kinds of rewards you'll earn. So let's get started. Uh, now, here's a few things that we learned from the article that you can find on their site, again, at elderscrollsonline.com. Um, it's, a, it's, a nice, it's a nice list. If there's anything here that we may have missed, you know, just let us know because sometimes, you know, articles are pretty dense and we might, something might, you know, skip over or, we, you know, breeze past us and we're like, huh? But this is what we learned and we took away from the article. So, so go ahead and, uh, and check out the article yourself and uh, please let us know if we missed anything. Well, first on our list is <gasps> it's huge. Yeah. Full of areas to explore safely in. Yay! Safely? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. They were they were saying that yes, there's going to be huge battles going on, but not huge battles going on absolutely everywhere. So, if you feel like exploring, there are going to be times and chances in areas where you'll be able to do it safely. I uh I'm sorry. I, uh, yeah, I, I had to change my pants when I saw that, especially with the screens that they were showing in the article. Oh my God. Yeah. Mm. We need to get you better pants, Shank. Seems to be a common occurrence lately. (laughs) (laughs) I have a mind of that. I mean, you're in Cyrodiil. It's one of its main purposes to PVP. I mean, I get they, you know, they give you. They're going to give areas. I'm not sure how they're going to do it to explore safely. In I'm sorry, PVP zone safety doesn't mesh with me. Well, maybe not all of it is PVP. Yeah, they didn't go into into depth on on that, like what they think that's going to be or or how that's going to work. Um, basically, the way what I came away with this was was that Cyrodiil is is going to be so big. And there's going to be so much to do there that there's not going to be a battle in every single corner of Cyrodiil. So you'll you'll be able to, you know, explore safely. And then there's also this idea that um, if you happen to take over a town, if your faction takes a town over, uh, you'll be able to safely explore that area because your own faction's guards are, right. are going to be patrolling. And that, that's right. further down the list as well. So that might play into it. There you go. Uh, next on our list is, yes, there are alien ruins. Explore them to find treasure. But warning, Will Robinson, you never know when a player from an enemy alliance will walk in. That blows my mind. Sweet. I cannot wait. For those of you Oblivion veterans, just imagine Vilverin in ESO. That is all I have to say. I had this... um image in my head, kind of like a cartoon image of these two different uh, Khajiit, kind of like one of those Khajiit no, or Barka no Bar. But anyway, you see this Khajiit and let's say for example, a Nord, walk in with these ruins, look at each other hey what's up dude? They stop slowly look at each other <laughs> yeah, anyway <laughs> I, I, the, what came to my mind is just, you know, all of us in a group running into an alien ruin saying, all right, let's take that boss out that's in here. You know, as as a as a war is, you know, thundering not too far from us, we decide let's 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 break away from the war and let's go inside this alien ruin, take down that boss because, you know, he might have a chance of dropping whatever that might actually assist us in the war. And we have our own little quest going, you know, our own little adventure that we own, that we came up with. And we go in there 
and we're clearing out, you know, whatever happens to be in our way. And then all of a sudden we turn around and there's like, you know, a group from the other enemy faction just staring us down. And we're looking at them and we're looking at the boss. And it's like whoever wins this fight gets the boss. Right. And then Shank panics and pieces. And, <laughs> and then uh, suddenly finds him guiltless. <laughs> Trey, that's <Aww>. one. <laughs> So I, I uh, you know that that to me is is this is you know when I when I read this and I told Joe I was going to I wanted to put this in in today's show I told him uh after reading this I became far more interested in PVP in this game than I've ever been in in PVP in any other game and this is one of the reasons why All right next on our list you don't have to participate in Cyrodiil to reap its rewards your alliance's performance in a campaign can earn the whole alliance Bonuses to gold and experience, boost in combat, alliance points, and much, much more. Yeah, that's a direct quote. Um, I didn't really know of a way to to say that any better, so I think it speaks for itself. You guys have anything else on that? No, actually, I, I think yeah. this is nice. Yeah, it, it's awesome. Uh, it's a very similar system I've seen before, and I like it because everyone gets... You know, gets to feel it. Kind of builds yeah. faction pride. Yes, it does. Yeah, I absolutely. Just, I'm I'm just worried that you're going to have your leeches who just like, wow, yours is the best group. I should totally join yours just for the bonuses. Well, I I think what this is referring to is if your alliance is doing well in a campaign, you might receive um, bonuses to. Uh, damage or something while you're out, you know, doing the PVE game and you're in your faction territory. I really hope it isn't. I really hope it's percent bonuses based on what you've done. Mm. Well, it's it's telling you right here. It's saying, I know uh, that it says you don't have to participate, but ugh, well, I, I like it when you're you're rewarded for participating. Well, there's no doubt you will be. It's just you're going to get kind of like the spoils of war, if you will. I know. I just I'm not a fan of rewarding people who've sat on their butt and not done anything. No, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think you're you're understanding what this is saying. All right. What it's saying is is that when your when your faction is out, okay, winning a campaign, it, it doesn't matter if you're if you were ever in that campaign or not in that campaign uh, worldwide across the faction that's winning that campaign in Cyrodiil you're going to get bonuses to uh, gold experience and especially combat and alliance points so the more your camp your the more your faction wins in a campaign in Cyrodiil the more loot you're going to get the more experience you're going to get uh, the harder you're going to fight you know, so it actually encourages you to say, like, all right, so my campaign, my, my faction's not doing well in a campaign. Let me actually join the fight so we can, you know, bring this up a little bit so we can start getting those bonuses back again into our faction. So I kind of like this, Dave. Yeah, if our one's exactly right, if, say, we're out on a four man raid, having fun, we're not going to be in PvP that night because we have other plans. Our group, our our, um, our alliance, our, our campaign is doing phenomenally well, and we get those rewards. They're going to be congratulated by everybody on their alliance. It's it's an, another form of alliance pride. It's 
a little bit of an extra bonus for your right. team doing I, well in a situation where even though you I, couldn't I be there. I get it. I get the fact that you're, what you're saying is that the PvP people, they're going to be doing well. That makes the PvE, the questing, everything else is going to do well. I like that idea. I'm worried that when they say that you're going to earn bonuses to gold experience, boosting combat, is that going to be a, hey, check your mailbox because this week y'all did good, so everybody in your group is going to get so much gold experience points? Or is it going to be, hey, your group's doing great, everybody across the board is going to earn 10% more gold? That's what it is. Yes, okay. that's usually what it is. That's what I was saying. A percent bonus is excellent. A flat rate causes the game to people just sit on their butt and not do anything. Right, uh, and it's socialism. In so. a design standpoint, they'd never do that, Dave. Okay, uh, well, this could be read two ways, so it made me worried. Well, I mean, I also see Dave's point because, yes, Dave, I- I've seen the system before, Dark Age of Camelot, yeah. and you will, you will have PvE leeches who will cry, whine, and complain that PvPers aren't doing their job. Uh, getting them the you know the realm bonuses they enjoy so much, but they're not getting out there on their own and helping out. I'll, so I'll just say it one more time. Like you know, you remember uh, Winter Grasp? The PVPers would win that, and the PVEers yeah. would be like, "Hell yeah, we're getting stones for, to turn in for currency." Hell yes, this is amazing. That brought people into the PVP game who weren't normally PVPers, and it was amazing. It was perfect. Yeah. I would love to see that. And, and uh, Dave, I think you bring up a point that we needed to touch on, and uh, because I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there that don't really, that didn't really, uh, it's it's a t- it's tough to grasp if you didn't experience this in another game. And if they're if they're doing what they what other games have done, then then I think we're all understanding this correctly. What w- the issue you brought up to me sounded like? Are they going to reward the guy? In, in PvP, who's just standing there at the spawn point, you know, uh, hitting forward slash cry or whatever animation he does in order to keep himself in there and gets, like, a buff. Yeah, and they have done that in games in the past. And they have, yes, but that's not what they're, that's not what they're saying here. Okay. And I, I think, I, I'm glad you brought that up so we could say that's not what this is. All right, let's uh, move on to our next point here. Mm-hmm. Towns like... Shade uh, Hall. Thank you. And Bruma <laughs> exist. <laughs> NPCs will support any faction. And you may accept repeatable quests there, earning gold slash XP despite who currently controls that town. The faction that currently controls the town will, will have guards that will attack you on site. And kick I'm, your I'm, butt. I'm, I'm clapping for the towns <clears throat> because Chadenal is like my second favorite town in the whole game. That That's all. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, and um, Ivar and we've been working too long together. My my hero, you came in and rescued me. <laughs> well, you know uh, this is this is uh, amazing. Um, you know your your faction is uh, your faction goes in, takes takes a town, takes a town over, and your guards are patrolling, and you're in there just you know getting quests and and doing a PVE game in the middle of a PVP battle. That that I mean, depending on your tastes, that can be a tremendous amount of fun. Um, can I just? I'm sorry, did I just interrupt mm-hmm. somebody? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my only concern with this um, is just geographically. If you look at the location of Chadenal and Bruma, they're in the north and eastern side of uh, Cyrodiil. 
mm-hmm. but what is the faction that's going to be on the north and eastern side of Cyrodiil? It would be the Ebonheart Pact. So would no, they have? It's going to be it's going to be whatever faction has taken that place over for that either day or that month or that week. You got to work. Right, right, right. I totally over. understand. Right, right. But I'm saying at least initially. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, I'm new hour. to this, but would that be any sort of initial advantage to the Ebonheart Pact there? Absolutely not. Because at any one point in time, those towns could be taken over. So it doesn't matter if they controlled it at the start. Yeah. You know, you get a couple of good groups right. out there. They'll they'll take it away in 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> I think of this on the PVE side of things. This could be very exciting too. I can see me and Dave going in there to go go do a quest when the repeatables having to sneak into town, strategically take out guards as we go because the Ebonheart Pact have this town. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, it's I used exciting. to do that to Hala. Yeah. I remember doing that to Hala, like, even during Wrath. Like, Hala is this town in the middle of nowhere who you would take it over, and it would literally flip factions. And I was I was a mage. I was ridiculous, had ridiculous range, and I would just... I would get bored, so I would go out, and nobody would ever be there because it was old content. But I would, like, go out there and just shoot the guards down and just take over this town and just spend the day of it. I would love to see that again where... Oh, this is so fortified that nobody's going to be back there anymore. I'm going to sneak in and just kill a guard every you know five minutes until I take over that town single-handedly. Mm. I would love to see that again. That'd and be usually, if I'm online, Dave will drag me along with him. <laughs> um, real quick, I'm sorry. There's a question in the chat re- uh, regarding this, asking, are the towns going to be as hashed out as they are in uh, Elder Scrolls? Uh, I guess really in the wasn't going to bring that up because we have no way of knowing right now. Yeah, yeah, that that's yeah to be seen. Yeah, <laughs> we just don't know at this point. All right, next point. Crafting resources, highly sought after and exclusive to Cyrodiil, can be harvested. That's where the blue flowers are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually trying to figure out what is... So what this is basically referring to is that uh, there's going to be crafting resources in Cyrodiil that you're not going to be able to find anywhere else which are going to be necessary for high-level crafting. That's, that's what I'm taking away from that sentence. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and if that's correct, what that's going to mean is that there's just more incentive to go to Cyrodiil and, and, and PvP because, you know, you need that, that thing in order to make that awesome piece of gear or that weapon. Um, my only concern with this, and I... I Hopefully it's not a huge one, but uh, craft, crafting resources that are um, exclusive to Cyrodiil, I would just hope that they would, um, you know, be respective of the uh, like the historical lore and whatever materials that are you know historically in Cyrodiil. Also, so, a thousand years is a great time, a great expanse of time for. Um, it is, yeah, biomes but, to uh, change plant life. Right, right, right. But that—that's my—that's—that's that's literally it. Oh it's not God, really Shank, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hit I'm sorry, man. I mean, it is, what can I say? It's—it's—it's. It's, it's, I think it's a legitimate question. I don't know. <laughs> very well, Shank. Very well. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not designed lore of the game, so I really couldn't answer that. <laughs> yeah, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> well, you think about it. Look how big Cyrodiil is on the map. It literally touches and probably encroaches on all three factions' lands anyway. So, yeah, you could have, uh, you know, there is a melting part. Pot. Yeah. Yeah. So you can have things that you would find technically only in Marwyn, you know, or these areas. Yes, it can be there because Cyrodiil, yes, is that big. If we all look at the map on site, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has a chance to be there. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I'm sure they'll do. They'll do. They'll be do it right. <laughs> so minor concern. Hey, minor concern, duly noted, sir. Indeed. Indeed. And yeah, I mean, we've already heard, honestly, not to stretch this out any further, but they are taking, they've already said several times they're taking great care to make sure that they stay on par with the existing Elder Scrolls lore. Exactly. As it applies. So I hope so. Um, Exclusive mages slash fighters guilds quests take you into Cyrodiil. Completing them will increase your rep with the guild and your faction. Very nice. I kind of see level 50 kind of our, our world revolving around Cyrodiil at some point during the day, every day. Well, I mean, once <clears throat> you could start PvPing in Cyrodiil at level 10. Oh, I know that, yeah. I mean, it seems to me like Cyrodiil is, is going to be, you know, like just, just the place to, to hang out. And I, I think based on this information so far, it sounds like Cyrodiil is probably going to be the most uh, pulse-pounding, action-packed area you can put yourself, you know, for a given amount of time. And then if you, like, want to relax and do some, you know, cool PvE content, just, you know, hang back to your, you know, like your faction territory. <laughs> I don't mean to go off of on a tangent here, but I can definitely see, with everything like this, people building... Um, Grudges against enemy players by name. Oh yeah, and that, oh, yeah. that just be yeah. that's just fun. Yeah. One mega server, of course, it's going to happen. <laughs> I want people to say, Wait, I'm, "I'm sorry, I'm I'm new to this." What? <laughs> like for instance, I go out and me and Dave or me and Navarro go out and we gank a lot of people who are trying to quest out in Cyrodiil because we want to kill them because they're the opposite faction for fun. And mm-hmm. um, they see George Widget, which is my, you know, my my my, my kitty dot knight, whatever. But anyway, my kitty dragon knight. And they see me the next day, I wind up killing them. They see me again, they see my name, they run away in fear. Or right. they get their friends and they try to hunt me down by name and kill me. It's, it creates a rivalry. So like an actual like war. Dude, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yes. it, 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 the way, yeah, what Joe is saying is like the way this sounds, it sounds like people are going to get so engrossed in, in the PvP. Because it's not just PvP that's going to be in Cyrodiil. Right. There's a lot of PvE mm-hmm content as well in there that supports the campaigns that your faction is on and it sounds like people are going to because of that and because of the exploration because of the crafting stuff that's going to be in there there's going to be some people that start recognizing each other across enemy lines and really says like okay that's you know uh that's that guy i had a problem with last week and you know what i don't like him much so i'm going to go over there and i'm going to stab you know sad panda in the back and laugh at him (laughs) You know, honestly, to take it even further, Ivarwin, this adds more to the PvE content. Because if you're out there for PvE purposes, you're having to deal with the worst kind of enemy mob of all time. Real AI. The human player. I mean, honestly, as soon as I said that there's PvE content in Cyrodiil as well, that was it. Uh, that, War Wizard, cool because I could be supporting you guys. Because if you're like way more hardcore PvPing, and I could be PvEing and in Cyrodiil and be like more of a support role to you guys, I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's sort of. Um, let's see, War Wizard in the chat room's got a got a question. He's saying he's asking. So the PvP and the PvE are mixed, and and yes, Cyrodiil is going to be a mixture of PvP and PvE. 
like like we said earlier, you know, the you're exploring some alien ruin, and then all of a sudden you turn around and you know there's someone from the enemy faction like right behind you. What's going to happen? You're going to you're going to give him or her the the advantage of running through? No, there's going to be a fight. It's going to be a knockdown, drag out fight. And guess what? Mobs are spawning, you know, in <laughs> around you too. <laughs> I can see myself. I'm the kind of person who will take someone like Ivarwin and Dave and be like, "Come on, guys, we're going to go to Cyrodiil, and we're going to purposely find these individual, or grouped, small group people who are trying to PVE, and we're going to take him out." Oh yeah, you're going to have the people ganking PVE groups who are trying to fight a boss. You're going to have people lobbing arrows at the people fighting the boss. <laughs> and th- on the flip side of that, I may have to go into Cyrodiil to do a quest, but I know that there is a heavy presence of, let's say, the um, Ebonheart out there. So I say, okay, guys, Lou, Shane, can you guys come, you know, help protect me while I go finish this? Oh my! Could you imagine one group hiring a second group just to be defenders? <laughs> yeah, protection. Yeah, yeah it, it. I mean, just by talking alone, it's adding a lot to. To the, to the experience. Um, so we did say that exclusive mages and fighters guild quests are going to take you uh, into Cyrodiil, and then you'll gain reputation with that guild and your faction. So it, even if you're not like 100% into crafting, let's just say, you're not like a huge crafter, um, what you want to do is, uh, <laughs> you know, get, get uh, rep with your guilds. This will take you into Cyrodiil as well. And have you do some awesome um, PVE content or PVP content just to get that extra reputation out of your guild. And oh, by the way, you can join the Mages Guild and the Fighters Guild with the same character. And from a lore standpoint, the Mages Guild taking you into Cyrodiil, highly applaud that. Good choice, Sauce. On the next point, guys, they kind of give us a good description of a campaign. They say a campaign consists of a group of players battling for control of Cyrodiil for a set period of time. Think months. Months. Not days or weeks. Months? Months. Not muds. But not pure breeds of muds. Months. Yeah, I messed that one up. I'm sorry, you guys might have to explain this. (laughs) Um, They're going to group us into a certain camp, into a campaign. Alright, this is a mega server, so you're going to be in kind of like an instance phase with Cyrodiil with a group of people, like say our guild for instance, will be mm-hmm. on the same campaign. And we'll be in that campaign for a period of months before we get switched to a new campaign. Okay, so we could be like, hey, you have to, I don't know, like attack this fort and control this area or something. Right. The campaign is like a layer. Think of it of alternate realities uh-huh. on multiple layers, okay? We're going to be on, like, say, layer six. Our reality is going to be different than other people playing on the server who are in a different campaign fighting in Cyrodiil. Okay. If they had it to where we all played in Cyrodiil on the mega server, Cyrodiil would be so compact with people, you wouldn't be able to move. Gotcha. Well, plus, I'm sure the reason they're doing this is because it's a great idea in the long run to be able to uh, put like-level players and like-skill players together to fight like skill players. You're not going to want to put your your ridiculously decked out guilds going up against people who are just starting the game entering PvP at level 10. That's not going to work out very easily. Gotcha. So, this may go three months and then they're going to reset it, recalibrate and put guilds that are ridiculously decked out against guilds that are ridiculously decked out. 
to see how they go against each other. Again, so does, player does, 10 guilds against player 10 guilds. So does that mean after the end of that uh, the uh, the campaign, so at the end of like three months, say, that does your uh, whatever actions you did, so say you ended up taking the fort and you, you controlled it after three months or whatever, so does that mean after the end of three months that... It, it's erased and you have to do something else or or does that well, does that control of the sure fort persist gonna, i'm sure they're going to calculate rewards and offer rewards based on your participation during the campaign before it resets and that you get reassigned to a new your new campaign for the next three months honestly it may not even reset they can keep all campaigns live and active but just switch people around into the into the campaign so yeah, even though they could well, yeah. Even though you guys, even though we took over and became emperor or whatever, and it was time for us to move on to a new campaign that f- better fits our play style, for instance, like Dave might have mentioned, that that will still exist in whoever the new people come into that campaign. So that everything that we did will still exist for them. Oh, okay, okay. So you don't just lose like your quote unquote progress. That's what I'm imagining. I don't know for sure. Okay. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're doing a lot of speculation right, right, right now, right. considering this. So, I mean, don't don't take what we're saying, you know, in this regard to the bank. It's just, you know, what what Joe and Dave are saying is like what they've seen in the past. Uh, yeah, I'm only of, comparing it to what I've seen in the past. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they've never actually said like what what to expect as far as campaign quests are concerned, or like you know what what that is going to be. They they've only said that. You know, um, a campaign is going to be a group of players battling for control of Cyrodiil for a a set time. And that time is going to take months, not days or weeks. Right. And I don't believe they're talking about in-game months, days or weeks. They're talking about, you know, March. (laughs) Well, you know, guys, the next few points actually touch further on campaigns. Yeah. So let's go ahead and, and do that. You are assigned a campaign based on alliance, campaign populations, and guilds. Join a friend's current campaign and help them out for the night, or join a new one at the cost of alliance points or gold. So it looks like you're going to be able to have the option to switch out of a campaign. Well, that's good in case you join a new guild and want to play with them, so that you're not locked out of playing with your friends. I love that last piece, cost of alliance points or gold, because that just, it's like, hey, you were assigned this as an order to go do this, and hey, if you want to do something else, you're going to... You're gonna have to. I don't know. It just adds. You're gonna get penalized to it for it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And you really, you really got to think. You know, are you gonna abandon this this objective in favor of another one? And if you want to, fine. But I mean, you're you're gonna pay a little bit. And and, exactly. You know, like we got to control that a little bit. And, And I like that because it's 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 gonna keep a player from saying, all right, so. You know, we didn't get we didn't get the tower in the amount of time that I wanted to get the tower, so I'm just going to rage quit and and let the enemy players have it. Like no one likes that. That's one of the one things about PvP and other MMOs that I've hated. You've always got that one obnoxious fool saying, you know, over over you know general chat, like you know we have to do this and we have to do that, and it's got to be done this way. And, and and when it doesn't go that way, he's like, you guys stick, I'm leaving right now. And then like he goes, and then two people go, and then five people go, and then that's it. Like you've handed the the battle over to the other guys. Yeah, I really hope that we can kick those people out of the party. <clears throat> well, those people are are being de incentivized um, to join another campaign. Uh, by by simply uh, having the having that cost alliance points or gold if you decide to join another campaign. All right, fair enough. Mm-hmm. 
In a campaign, your alliance's performance give bonuses to other players across the game, not just in Cyrodiil. Campaign scores can be viewed at any time. Yeah, so it's good, it's good to track that. Hey, how's my faction doing? Oh, looks like it needs some help over in Cyrodiil. Let's let's go in there. You know, let's let's uh, grab up you know Joe and Shank and, and Lou and Dave and, and run in there and see if we can turn the tide a little bit in this campaign and start getting some of those awesome uh, percentages that that we had fun getting uh, a week or two ago. That actually makes me quite excited. Right. So- yeah, to actually be able to look at the status. So the PvP and your alliance struggle is not just some amorphous thing. No, no, it's a real thing that you can see right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. oh my god. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm excited. <laughs> o- on paper, at least, this sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is. <laughs> but conversely, there's the flip side to that as well. <laughs> I think, I'm trying to remember the interview we had with Brian Wheeler. Mm-hmm. In regards to... I don't think I mentioned that with the, the Elder Scrolls themselves, if you guys remember that. Uh, Something that they were looking into, uh, controlling that, taking that from the other factions. Mm-hmm. Having yep. an actual Elder Scroll? Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Taking that back, and whoever lost it, whatever faction lost it, they suffered that penalty because of that. Hmm. And for me, that's another incentive to PvP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I if you're trying to hardcore PvE, and yours was stolen, or something was stolen from you, and now you're feeling the negative effects to it, yeah, I'm going to go out there and fight. Yeah, especially if they have that Elder Scroll in a town like Bruma that's being controlled by their guards, and now you got to get a campaign of, you know, you got to set up a group of you know guys that are going to sneak in there and steal it, you know, all stealth like, mm-hmm. <laughs> or get it murdered either like way. PVP grants alliance points, XP, and gold. Can't go wrong yeah. with that. We've heard that all before. Alliance points grant armor, weapons, or advancement in skill lines specific to Cyrodiil. Sexy. Yeah. This is what uh, Brian Wheeler was talking about as far as the uh, Cyrodiil-specific skill skill lines. Say the next line. (laughs) Say the next point. These skill lines will allow you to become a more powerful fighter, a greater leader, or an expert in warfare. Hmm. Tell me y'all didn't read Greater Leader and immediately hear, like, a barbarian shout to give the gr- your group buffs. Mm, not really. Oh my god, come on, that's, <laughs> that's gotta be amazing. I'm so into that. I'm, I, I loved playing an Archon in Rift. I really want to look forward to having a class that can, like, in battle, just, like, say, everybody, stop being a punk, and everybody gets, like, five points extra attack. That's amazing! Or set set down your alliance banner in the middle of a war field. Yes! Everyone near the banner gets, you know, um, what's the word, morale boost. Yeah. Yes! Yep. Oh my goodness. I'm totally <laughs> setting up my banner in, like, a bar somewhere. And just, like, chilling. <laughs> this I'm is my boost. banner. My name is Shay. <laughs> Come at me, bro. <laughs> Alright, that was our coverage. <laughs> of Conflict in Cyrodiil Part 1. Uh, we have some more gameplay to get into, and I'm going to give the floor over to Mr. Evarwin. Oh, I'm putting my socks back on. Hold on. <laughs> wow. Wow. I got admitted. So, I got a chance to check out 1.9. And I have to say, I, I, like, I like what it's offering me. Um, now, I, I had asked... 
uh, a bunch of the fans that follow us to uh, to, to send us some questions, but uh, we didn't get too many. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, what I'm going to do is I'm basically just going to explain to you like what I did in 1.9. Hopefully that'll answer some of the questions that are out there, um, especially in regard to uh, legendary skills. Now I didn't I didn't get a chance to try out legendary difficulty, so I, I have no idea. Um, basically, oh God, what don't do it. you got you got legendary difficulty, Dave? I've I've tried it out and I died very quickly. So uh, yeah, uh, if you're not past a hundred, and that's me uh, guessing, I did it at level seven. So yeah, but we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, it, it's rough. Okay. Uh, all right. So, so uh, Dave's got your uh, 1.9 legendary difficulty after these messages. <laughs> all right. So um, what I did was since I had 100 block and 100 in my one-handed weapon skill trees, I used those and uh, made them legendary skills. Now, since I'm on the PC, like these, the controls I'm going to explain to you are going to be very, are going to be PC oriented, but it all works the same way. So in order to make a skill legendary, you just hit, you hit the space bar and it takes uh, the skill from 100 down to 15. Now, we've all heard this before. What we haven't heard is why do you want to do this? Um, does it nerf your prowess in combat? Yeah, it absolutely does because it, it takes your skill from, from 100 and brings it down to 15 and then it refunds all the skill points that you've put into that skill line. Why is this awesome? And I'm telling you, it's awesome. It's awesome because my favorite way of playing is sword and board. If you've heard this show for three seconds, you know that. Wait, <laughs> wait, 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 really? What? <laughs> I, I am completely surprised. I know. Things you've learned listening to Elder Scrolls off the record. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. And knowing it's half the battle. Go, Joe. <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, my favorite way to play this game is is sword and board. I I like the one handed weapon, ha, and the block is hold on, hold on. I, I enjoy doing that. When I found out that uh, playing the game, my preferred and favorite way was not getting me character levels as quickly as I once was. I. I got to admit, I died a little bit inside. There's a little five-year-old in, inside me that was curled up and sort of, you know, crying. Um, that goes away with this. So now I am still able to get character levels by by playing my preferred way. One-handed weapon and a, and a shield. I can do this as many times as I want. You can make a skill legendary multiple times, and you keep track of how many times you've made it legendary by by the little dragon imperial icon uh, that shows up at the bottom of the skill. So, how That's, many times um, have you uh, re-legendaried block and one-handed weapons? Just the one time. Oh, that's actually surprising. <laughs> it's it was just the one time, but I can tell you that it can be done multiple times. So. The and it, and it works just like it did when you when you were playing the game for the first time. You know, the more times you block effectively, the more times you use that destruction magic effectively, the more times you enchant effectively, the higher, the more experience your character is going to get. So I'm I'm I made my 
um, my paladin, uh, I reverted my my skill trees from from a hundred to fifteen. By doing this and playing the game in the way I wanted to, I got from forty seven to forty eight within less than a half hour. Yeah, that's what I saw as a benefit of one point nine. Huge benefit. Yeah, huge. The one thing I don't like about this is that this enables you to train up, in theory, every single skill tree up to 100, make it legendary, and do it all over again. And your character level is going to go up and up and up and up and up. And the reason why I don't like that is because the mobs you're fighting, their levels are not scaling with you. Which is what I think legendary, um, legendary difficulty is all about. So at some point, when you're just like, you know, walking around, like, the, like as Shank says, you know, a bamf. <laughs> and, oh, yes. Uh, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a huge giant who comes walking up to you and he's like, oh, I don't like you. You're going to kill my mammoths. And you're like, whatever, Fusor die. And he dies on the spot um, because you smacked him in the face with whatever weapon you got instantly. You can turn this game into a legendary difficulty setting and all of a sudden you're feeling challenged again. I'm kind of scared of legendary difficulty. It frightens me a little bit. Mm. Just saying. Uh, we had a good question in the uh, chat room. Uh, Roaring Potato. Love the name. Mm. If you legendary destruction, does that mean you can't use master spells? Um, you could use master spells even before you mastered it at 100. Uh, well, you, after you got it anyway. You just, it would cost you more mana to use because you wouldn't have the half mana perk. You Also, uh, it could possibly affect... I haven't checked if this, but... I know that your level in a skill, like in a magic, dictates what type of magics are being sold at the time. So True. you may not have the ones you want unless you level it up again. Well, well isn't no? You still have your magic perk? bar. What's that? What, Dave? If you bought the book, it'll still, it'll still be in your magic list. It's right, it'll be in your list. But if what happens if you didn't buy it? Well, then you have to level it up again, then go buy it. So I'd recommend yeah, buying all I mean. the spells before you le- legendary. <laughs> yeah, isn't definitely. isn't there a perk that enables you to use master level at skills half, at half magic? Okay, so so you wouldn't. So to answer your question more directly, then I guess uh, uh, what was his name? Raging potato, or roaring potato, roaring potato. Me. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't want to be silly. <laughs> uh, I mean, to answer your question more directly, I mean you you won't be. You'll be losing all the perks in the destru- in the destruction tree, so you won't be casting that that master level magic at half magica. Yeah, that's but you the can only still hindrance. cast it. Yeah, you can still cast it. So, um, so that was my experience with one point nine, um, and I I I'm really into it. I, I want to get more experience into it because I want to try out those that legendary difficulty. Um, but so far, I really. I really like what it does, and I'm, I'm interested in, in, in checking out how how this is going to change my character. Uh, Joe, any more questions in the chat room for for 1.9? Might be helpful if I unmute myself. Um, <laughs> not really anything that's worthy of uh, bringing up here. All right. <laughs> so. Okay. So then, um, so I was you know derping around with 1.9, but what did I do in Skyrim? Well, let me uh, let me just tell you, I defeated. Defeat is such a weak word with this. I grabbed Mirak by the throat and beat every one of those dragon souls he stole from me out of his face. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, man, I loved that fight, I, but I, I seriously owned him. How many did you get back? Huh? How many Dragon Souls did you get back after you killed him? I stopped counting after he lost his nose. So. Oh. <laughs> no, I seriously own this guy, but it was it was a great fight. Um, I, I kind of hesitate to, to talk about the fight a little bit, but there was just a lot going on that I've never seen any other boss do before. And it felt so awesome to finally like go up against... You know the the first dragonborn, and I'm I'm the last or the latest dragonborn, and just like square off with this guy. Like it was just such an epic feeling, a totally awesome fight. Let's do this. Let's do it. Yeah, that's how I felt. Like you know, like you know, Mirak was just there, and and I you know I felt like I you know I took out my uh, my my sword that I got from Meridian, just sort of like drew a line right there. I'm like, come on, bring it. <laughs> yeah, mostly like an MMA promoter, you know. And in this corner. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was an awesome fight. So uh, I finally defeated defeated Mirak. Had a great time doing it. Took me a couple of seconds to figure out exactly like how this boss fight was working, how the mechanics were working. So I definitely felt challenged. Um, although when I closed the distance, I rocked him. <laughs> so I felt good. Uh, then I, I removed. Uh, you know, you, you get the option to remove skill skill uh, points from, from certain skill lines and um, you know I, I removed skill line points and added them to my, my one handed block weapon tree again so I got a bit more in that and uh, since then I, I've just been kind of you know roaming around Solstheim um, exploring going into you know all the different pieces of, of uh, content that's that's in Solstheim I haven't unlocked yet nice yeah there's a yeah. lot there for you to explore I can't wait to hear some of the, of the things in there that you haven't seen yet yeah, like the whole pirate quest line, without flintlocks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> haven't found that one yet. Um, got a little time in Oblivion. Uh, last time I spoke about it, I was a vampire. Uh, I don't remember if I've said this before, so I'll, I'll just say it again. You know, I did cure myself of vampirism a while back, uh, and then I started this. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm only laughing just because I know how painful that quest is. It was uh, tough. Yeah, it was very tough. <laughs> It's very tough, and they don't—they don't hold your hand at all. They're just not like, at this, all, man. <laughs> no, this is what I need, and I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, so this old lady, she needs all these soul gems. Where am I going to get these things? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I kind of figured out, like, all right, there's got to be dungeons around, like, the local area here that's going to have these things, and 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 sure enough, I, I happen to be right. That was the case. Um, so then, I mean, you know, I was—I started this quest after you know curing myself of vampirism. Um, I started the quest, which I was trying to get to from Chaden Hall, where I needed to investigate some uh, uh, wrongdoings, if you will, in the cathedral over in Chaden Hall. I get there, talk to this guy, and he's like, oh, okay, before I send you on any quest, I need you to, like, you know, cleanse yourself. So go, uh, here's a map. Cool, got a map. And uh, go to all the shrines of the different divines and uh, pay homage to them. So that's Wait, that's sort of... I'm, I'm sorry, Chaden Hall? I, yeah, is it Chain Hall? I, I think I may have that wrong. Is, you mean Anvil? This sounds like the Nine Divines quest. Yeah, that's an Anvil, buddy. I think. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Anyway, Anvil. sorry. I went to. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> went to Anvil. Yeah, um, it's a good quest. I, I enjoy it. It's 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 a uh, long, but uh, I'm walking it because you got to find all these places and you got to go from. Yeah, thank you for showing me the light, Shank. I, I love walking. <laughs> you 
you got to keep going into you know the actual map of the game and then into your inventory to find the map he gave you, which marks all of the shrines all throughout um, Cyrodiil. So I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, so you know the the one for uh, Meridia is over here. Let me open up my other map. Okay, I should. The road kind of curves up over here, and it's kind of like northwest of that. So let me go over here. <laughs> so it'll show you like where the general area is for this thing, but not exactly where it is. So it's it's kind of a long quest, but I enjoy it because I, I enjoy exploring. So yeah, it's because that. I mean, I'm sure you know you've seen the map, but it li- literally takes you all over Cyrodiil to find oh, yeah. the way shrines. Absolutely. Now, what's the worst part is, is when I tried doing that, because the way shrines, you need to have like a certain fame to infamy ratio. I, uh, I, I, I didn't have that. So I had to be like nice for a while and then go back and do it. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're going to have a ball, dude. I, I'm pretty sure Joe did this a while ago. Am I, I did. Right, Joe? Yeah, it was the first uh, major quest chain I did in Oblivion. It was fantastic, actually. Yeah, it's it's amazing, man. It's it's a real. For, you really do feel like a crusading knight when you're. For, out here. Yeah, it's, exactly. If you're doing that pal- paladin play style with that paladin mentality, this is the quest in Oblivion for you. Absolutely. I was going to say that's exactly how I feel. Yeah, I'm I'm very very keen on listening to the your the progress of this man. And you know me, Varwin. I don't really play that paladin lifestyle. I'm the gotta murder everything. But it changed my character's perspective when the RP role after I finished that quest chain to where I'm not doing the Thieves Guild, I'm not doing Dark Brotherhood because of that quest chain and what my honor code is and who I'm leading. So it, it changed my perspective of the RP just by that quest change or that quest line. It's it's literally that involving. It's it does yeah, it sucks you in and uh I, I love it. I'm I'm really enjoying it, so that's it, man. That's me. Little little bit of Skyrim, a awesome little bit of Oblivion. This, Great coverage on one point nine. Really appreciate it. You rock. Mm-hmm. Thank um, you, we have a question came into us from an MP three call that what we love. We're getting a lot more of them lately, and we are very very happy about this. This one came into us from Michael D, aka Michael D. Too tall. Sure. Okay. Great name. Hello, fine gentlemen of Elder Scrolls off the record, and Shank and Dave. So we've been seeing a lot about Elder Scrolls Online, and one thing that I know we haven't been seeing just yet is more classes. Now I know we have five classes already: uh, the Nightblade, the Sorceress, Templar, Dragon Knight, and um, the other one I totally forgot about. Basically, what other classes do you guys think would be in the game? Um, necessarily, like maybe a character that can control animals and uses minions and stuff, or a necromancer type character. I'd really like to see actually both of those. We're inspired by uh, Torchlight and Diablo. I'd like to see some character classes that are more creative. And while I know you can get creative, there are some things that you can't do. Like maybe a character who does nothing but melee. You know, a Khajiit. Maybe his special move is he poops in the sand. I don't know. Anyway, thank you guys so much for answering the question, if you do. And I've been listening since episode one, and I love your show. So keep doing what you're doing. Very excited to play Elder Scrolls online with you guys over the summer. Alright, bye. Well, for one, it would have to be next summer you'd play with us over the summer, because it's not coming out this summer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, for... We'd like it to. Yeah, really. Oh, gosh, I'd love it to come out tomorrow. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Bugs and all. Come on, bring it. Um, <laughs> this, this guy's been listening to us since episode one. 
Major props. I haven't been listening to us since episode one. <laughs> no, you oh. haven't. Dude, the early episodes are awesome, man. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Shank? I'm saying that I've been listening to you guys since then, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of psychiatrist bills to pay to this guy. <laughs> you know, honestly, I'm not seeing any things that you can't do with any of the classes. I don't know if I got his, his question wrong, but... Uh, what's wrong with doing a full melee, Khajiit? I don't know. I don't I don't think it's something that's n- not going to be unsupported in the game. I mean, this seems to be like, you know, the game where where uh, crazy builds are going to are going to be the the place to do it in, you know? <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe when uh, maybe one of those those Cyrodiil skill line trees is going to be like you know forced pooping in the sand, and you know you could do that too. <laughs> Fighters guild. Well, they do. They have mentioned uh, the possibility where they said a racial skill tree. So Khajiit should be able to poop in the sand. Yeah, yeah, totally. And our guardians will just suck. Wait, what? <laughs> sap. Yes, they do suck sap. That is how they grow. That's how that happens. <laughs> like an ent. Yes. Um. Honestly, from from what we experienced at PAX, I can say definitively that the only difference between characters when it comes to classes is that one selection of skill trees. And it's that's so minuscule in the grand scheme of things in making your character that that's like a drop in the bucket from what you have to make your character out of. If they do add more characters, it would be as easy as adding one tiny thing to the game it, it's it, i can there's so many play styles that we couldn't even get into to even be able to touch at pax because we only got to what level five that oh my god it, it's so much more than you think it is it's not like other games we haven't honestly guys it's kind of weird the hours that we spent into it well, two hours for you and Lou, and in the five hours for me and Ivarwin, it's not even scratching the surface. We didn't even see yeah. a fraction of what this game is. That excites me, considering how much we saw in those hours. It's crazy. I, we know nothing. We we know nothing about Cyrodiil other than what came out, you know, early, uh, late last week, early this week, and that's that's a huge piece of the game that. You know that that's just not on when we've we've done these uh, you know these these playthroughs. So that's just you know one thing right there. Yeah. All righty. Any other last thoughts on that, guys? Before we move on. Uh, just quick, I'm loving these audio emails, man. Guys, keep them coming. They're fantastic. Yeah, Joe. They really fit well in the show, don't they? They do. I like them. I, I listen to each one of them, and if it's not you know appropriate for the show, they don't get put in. But most of the time, they have a priority over written emails because most of the time they're fantastic. Yeah, we love, we love right. hearing from you guys like that. So, yeah. Anyway, Lou, your play of the week, buddy. Oh, my play of the week. Well, been continuing on the old Battle Mage. You know the madness will continue. <laughs> However, it's still a slow climb. And right now, she's almost past 28, just a little bit more to 29. Beginning sidetracked, doing a lot of quests instead of leveling up, or doing things that will level me up. Destruction is that slow and exorable climb. It's up at 85, and, you know, still working on it. Yeah, I'm determined to try and get it to 100 <laughs> quickly, or relatively quickly for me. 
but as I've been playing, I picked up the uh, another Dragon Mask. I, this one I picked up was Morakai. I like this one because I believe, I'm trying to remember, that this one has the increases in Magicka. Yeah. And also reduces the time between shouts. So I'm, I love I'm actually, Yeah, I'm liking that mask <laughs> a lot. It's helped me out in my play. However, as during this past, actually, past day and a half, I picked up uh, four amulets of Talos, and I can't get rid of them. <laughs> I can't solve the extras. Oh, because they're labeling me as a quest item? Yeah, I think, well, I have a quest, I believe, to use one at a shrine. I forget which one it is. And so the any extras I pick up, I can't sell off because the game is having is telling me that, oh, it's, it's a quest item, you can't get rid of it. That's <laughs> Seriously. crap. I love yeah. that. Yeah, so one of these days I'll get around to probably just giving it that quest just so I can get rid of that uh, those amulets. Don't need the extra weight, especially on a mage where stamina isn't as high as it should be, so I can't carry much weight to begin with. Well, those amulets only weigh, like, what, 0. 0.1 pounds? Uh, like no, 0. about 5. a pound. About a pound, really. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. a heavy-ass amulet. That Lots sucks. of gold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> so, it can be real annoying at times. Um, I'm also chugging along the these guild quest line on this Yay. page. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I just picked up the quest a little <laughs> while ago to uh, burn down the beehive. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to like this. Get a tor- I don't need a torch, buddy. I'm yeah, my own torch. <laughs> okay? Back off. What do you put that away? <laughs> Unlimited power! <laughs> I got this. <laughs> Watch yourself this fireball. Oh, wrong spell. She's the fireball. <laughs> I just attracted every guard in this area. Oh, well, that's okay. I'll wipe them out, too. <laughs> I've also though uh, been looking for a mod that will hopefully adapt or just change the overall appearance of the Archmage robes because I-, I love how what it does for your character, especially for a battle mage type class. But to me, the Archmage robes look like crap. Yeah, they're all kind of feathery and look like a bird. Yeah, and that hood is just—it's just ridiculous. Okay, it's like a bad mix from uh, I guess the the designer from Tor with a Sith line <laughs> designer for this robe in this game got together but yeah it looks horrible so I'm currently you know scouring through Steam Workshop just to find something but in the interim though I actually use another mod which is called the Witch Plate mod and it looks it actually gives me a uh, plate appearance but it's actually light armor it's considered light armor and it's got these co- really cool runes on it and stuff so kind of think of the effect that uh, from Lord of the Rings Whenever the ring's in fire and the runes start to appear like that, yeah, mm-hmm. same effect. Oh, that's pretty awesome. On this armor, yeah. Especially when it gets darker. As the light fades, yeah, they start to become more prominent. Thankfully, it doesn't give me away like a, you know, a nightlight in <laughs> dark places. Like, the jar, oh, there he is. <laughs> that's where the fireballs are coming from. Over there. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, there he is. Um, so, yeah, that's... Uh, it's what I've been using for now until I find another mod, hopefully to put it back on. But in this case, I'll use the interim witch plate armor mod look, which looks really nice. Currently, Zero Dragon Souls, sad panda for me because past couple of days, I haven't been attacked <laughs> at all. Again, you know, it just amazes me. It's the randomness of the game will do what it does for you. And I've even taken to walking to some places, just like Shank, to say, all right, you know, I need Dragon Souls. Maybe if I walk from Solitude to Rorik's Dead, something will pop up. Nope. You know what? I applaud you. That is brilliant. I approve. 
Walking's awesome. I love walking. It, it, it is, but an hour and a half, and I'm no, de- deliberately inviting attack, and nothing comes around. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you saw more of glorious Skyrim in that hour and a half. Just go man. kill yourself a painted cow, butcher it, wear it around <laughs> your, yourself as a, like a robe. Exactly. <laughs> I gotta say, you know, on on that note, Lou, that you're you're talking about, like it's amazing what this game will do randomly and not. You know, you'll either get a ton of dragons, one dragon, or just nothing for a while. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. <laughs> Jenny, Jenny was playing today. Oh, uh, your tweet. <laughs> <laughs> she had two elder dragons drop on top of her as she's just like you know Roman Skyrim. <laughs> wow! And all of a sudden, a mud crab gets in on the action. Oh, so. Damn. So she she's telling me like you know she's fighting these these elder dragons she downed one and then she's like what, what what's going on what the hell like where where's this damage coming from she turns around she sees the mud crab and she tells me she says really dude like is this the time and the place for this right now <laughs> <laughs> and that mud crab picking at her heels is just enough to get her killed <laughs> she actually killed both of the elder dragons and the mud crab nice she got him yeah. You know, I yeah. saw a mud crab the other day. You must be proud. I did. <laughs> <laughs> so what else have you been up to, Lou? Just stomping. <laughs> well, just uh, been focusing on that. Just trying to get more Dragon Souls. I have two shots I haven't unlocked yet at all. <laughs> so I've been on a mission to get that. I've also been avoiding uh, Dawn Guard like the plague. Because I, I really don't want to deal with Serana. <laughs> at all. But he's bad enough. I, I, I don't want to deal with her either. Especially on this class. Or this type of character. <laughs> I have a feeling friendly fire is just going to happen more often. And I just can't get rid of her. <laughs> She's essential. <laughs> yeah, and because of that, you know, at night they come out and they try and attack you. So right now, I, everywhere I go, I'm always carrying at least... Right now, I've currently got 20 cure disease potions on my character. Oh my god. Yeah, it got ridiculous. I, you know, I was traveling... Walking. Yeah, it did. <laughs> From place to place, getting attacked in the town. You know, I'm walking, getting attacked again in the walk. Are you serious? <laughs> you have contracted. Saying it was oh, right. Oh. Of course. Of course. That's that's when you would get it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and literally, one of my playthroughs is, you know, a massive vampire and two of the fledglings. Massive vampire hit me. I contracted it. Hit the cure disease right away. Guess what happened another two times? <laughs> because the fledgings hit me. Like seriously, <laughs> I contracted it again. Oh, it's got to wait. That's why you got to wait till the end of the fight, and then uh-huh. then you throw down the potion. Yeah, I I popped it off too quickly. You know what? I'll probably forget about it. That's happened to me before on uh, my other character <laughs> on the assassin, where I totally didn't realize I caught it. Yeah, and it didn't pick up on the clue, saying you're feeling a little weak in the daylight. All right, all right whatever. <laughs> Keep walking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only to wake up hours later. Oh, I've got it bad. Damn. Par- I, when I thought I was photophobic, no, I'm just turning into a vampire. <laughs> yeah, I'm just being burned by the sun. That's that's not healthy. <laughs> no, <at all. laughs> and I haven't touched any 1.9 yet. I mean, I read it, and actually, what I would do is probably go back to my other character, my assassin, since she has a bunch of skills at 100, and I'm probably going to try that out on her. See how it goes. You're going to love it. Yeah, um, seriously, that, and since I've seen Oblivion on sale on Steam for like nine ninety nine, <laughs> I just might do that too. All right. 
I'm sorry, Lou. You something else? I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's, just, it's so tempting. We have a, a Twitter question that came in from Zachary B. It said, uh, can you reset skills multiple times? How much more difficult is Legendary Mode? I think you already answered that, right? Yeah. You, yeah. you can reset those skills multiple times, and we're waiting on Dave to tell us how difficult Legendary Mode is. Well, I'll, I'll say it now. Um, I, I, I got my save to work, and I was all like, well, I'm going to do it Legendary Mode, because I'm going to make this a little difficult. I think it's going to be funny to come into the show and be like, yeah, y'all, I'm level 7 and can do Legendary Mode. Well, guess what? Yeah, y'all, I'm level 7, and Legendary Mode made me its... Uh, Girlfriend. Well, it was a lot like an episode of Oz. It was rough. He lost all of us right there. Wow. Well, Oz is a show about like a prison, and prison I was the small, shaking, scared man, and it was a large, <laughs> muscular man who just wanted to be cuddled. It was it was pretty Andy, mean. Andy never told me legendary was this difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was mean. It was it was bad. Like I, 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 right now I, I can still feel legendary mode. I just need a hug. Oh, poor Dave. <laughs> ESO community embraced in Tamriel Chronicles. Ivarlan, you want to highlight this, please? Oh, of course I do. Tamriel Chronicles, man. Let me tell you. Yes. This is this is gonna be so awesome for us. <laughs> um. I, I mean, you know, you know, I say, I say us, but you know, uh, it's going to be awesome for for anyone out there who's a huge fan of of Elder Scrolls Online, of what Zenimax Online Studios is doing. Um, you know, it's just the Zoss is just embracing its community. So, if you're the kind out there, if you're a podcaster, if you're if you're a, a gaming news, you know, writer, um, if you're one of the many out there. Who are, who are making beautiful pieces of music, beautiful pieces of art, send it out to Elder Scrolls Online, send it out to ZeniMax, okay? And they're going to feature this on their weekly uh, page called Tamriel Chronicles. So uh, those who choose to you know, work hard and, and feature their you know, creativity and, and share it with the rest of us, you'll now have this platform supported by Zoss themselves, the, the, the Tamriel Chronicles. Now, it's, it's going to be a weekly feature on their site, and it's going to take your, you know, like I said, your art, music, your podcast, your news, your opinion articles, all right, and it's going to feature them. Uh, so here's what Zenimax had to say about, about this, this great feature, uh, which is going to keep us all connected and, uh, and cohesive as, you know, as one community. Uh, and I quote, Every week we'll be sharing news articles, podcasts, videos, art, and more all created by you, the fans. We love to see the incredible content you and your fellow ESO fans put so much work into creating. If you have any creative works or links to share, send us an email at community at elderscrollsonline.com and we'll consider your submission for inclusion in a future issue. So there you go. All righty. All right, then. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's exciting because... You know, for for those of us who actually do creative work, uh, surround you know because we 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 love Elder Scrolls, we're now going to have um, embracement by the actual company uh, and and feature you know feature that that uh, that hard work and talent. More proof positive that Elder Scrolls Online Zoss cares about their community. Yeah. 
Alright guys, um, you ready for me to play some Storyteller? Uh-huh. Story time! I got a couple stories for you guys. And the first one I'm going to title, Vicious Love Tragedy, Tragedy and My Stupidity. Alright, this story <laughs> is going to be a bit embarrassing for me, so bear with me. Widget and Juliet? <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of wow. something like that. Um, <laughs> so I've been playing my, my mage character as a male character, obviously, and I, I like to RP it. Well, there's this, um, ever since I went into the Dragonborn content, I forgot the name of the island already because I'm like that. Solstheim. Solstheim, thank you. Mm-hmm. Went into Solstheim and there's this really attractive young female elf who likes to flirt with me often every time I talk to her. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to marry this this elf. And I was thinking, well, the house that I have currently out in, in Whiterun is, is is garbage. I don't have any furniture in it, so I'm, I'm going to get her a nice house. Well, I know that at some point I get to have a really nice manor right here in uh, in this, this village. Mm-hmm. That I also forgot the name of. Yeah, I've been straining to figure that out too. Guys. Raven Rock. <laughs> ah, Raven Rock. Raven Rock, thank you. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I go and do this quest. I really want to get her a nice house. So I'm, and all that good stuff. And I was going to town and talk to her. She flirted with me again. Went into, uh, right before I finished this quest chain, I went in and into Whiterun, got my amulet out so I can, you know, say, hey, look at me, I'm available. Went back to finish this quest. And one of the parts of the quest is I have to go and infiltrate this manor to get evidence. Well, the two ladies inside this house, they always like to attack you, and you have to kill them. Well, I killed both of them, went back out and turned it in, and went and did the last part of the quest, came back, I was like, and they gave me the house. I'm like, oh, yes, I got my, man- my amulet out, put it on, so I can go marry this, this elf. Well, here's where it gets tragic. One thing I didn't realize is that this girl that I, this elf I wanted to marry in game, was one of the two people that owned the house originally. Wow! And now lay dead in his living room. <laughs> That's like awkward. Doesn't even begin to. <laughs> no, wait. Aren't you a necromancer? Like, can't you raise her? Yeah. Uh. I should just turn to dust when I don't. So I, I kind of properly displayed her on a bed. Oh, okay. That chick's can't see it. <sighs> That's not creepy at all, Joe. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, I was like, well, can we do these dead bodies? They're going to sit here all the time. Uh, I could totally see Joe doing that, too. Like, my precious, she is dead, but I can feel she loves me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my, my tragic, my tragic uh, love story and my stupidity all in one yeah. right there. Not realizing names and wound up killing her to get the house that I was trying to get for her. This is either going to be a Broadway show or a great country <laughs> music song. Let's time to resurrect that elf. Yeah, that's the Broadway song. <laughs> so, uh, I killed my honey in her house or something like that is the country western song. Yeah, I killed my honey trying to get some money for that cute little shack down the way. <laughs> 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 Properly disturbed. <Wow. laughs> See, the worst thing about this, guys, is that that's, that's the same stupid manner that I robbed the f- on my other character blind and then got right after. That thing's a curse for me. It's cursed. It absolutely is. So, on to story number two. This is I Hate Riddles. What this is, is I was finally got to 100. Well, during that little, um, one, that, uh, house-getting experience. 
and I hit 100 destruction. So I said, oh, goody, I get to go do my master destruction quest and get my uh, firestorm spell. Yeah, this quest is the most annoying POS I've had to put up with in Skyrim. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's a riddle. She gives you a book. The master says, I can't teach you anything, but there's this book that might help you get a new spell that I can't teach you, but you know you can find it. Well, this book has a riddle that's pretty much, you know, between these shores, by the coast, there's a ghost, whatever. So <laughs> I'm sitting there trying to figure this stupid thing out. I have half of the map unlocked, and it figures that every stage of this book I didn't have unlocked. So I had to go and hunt down and figure out a general area. I got it wrong twice on the first one. Finally found it. Finally figured it out. Put the book on the pestle and was sitting there going, now what? Picked the book up, nothing. Put it back down, nothing. And it, it occurred to me, there's a fire symbol on the pestle. I threw a fire spell at it. Nothing changed. I got PO'd, picked up the book again, and realized, hey, there's a new page in it. This new page was another riddle to find another stupid place somewhere off in the world. <laughs> so I hunted this one down, and I got it wrong even more times. And finally figured out where it was at by accident, by getting just PO'd and doing a walkabout, going into, and I saw a dungeon off in the distance. Like, I'm going to go just do that, just to get it off my mind. Well, on my way over there, I, I find the spot. And again, put it on a pedestal, I get, this, I get it, and lo and behold, a third riddle. So, at this point, I was ready to uh, just give up and cry in a corner, but I didn't. And this one I actually was able to locate fairly easy, it only took me an hour and not two like the rest. And I did locate it, finished it, and it gave me the Firestorm spell. I was like, yes, this ultimate Firestorm spell that I can finally do, and nice. I'm so excited. And yeah. found out that that spell's actually kind of garbage. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a massive little spell. You have to use it with two hands. It takes a forever to cast. It doesn't take much mana for me. I mean, I follow up with all my buffs and everything like that. And it's like this AoE flash fire spell around you, which is cool if you have a lot of things around you, but they're beating on you so much you're a mage, you're going to die before you cast a stupid spell. So eventually... <sighs> And I tried it out once, and I wound up dying because they are beating on me too much and didn't kill them all in one hit. Nah. So I don't use it. But, <laughs> so that was the story of my hair-pulling experience in Skyrim. Oh, man. Here, here's a long quest you got to work really hard for, and you're going to get an awesome spell at the end that's... You're probably not going to live through casting. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah. That's Skyrim saying, screw you guys, I'm going home. Go <laughs> now, if I could do that same kind of like every time you do a master spell, it does that ritual animation where it's two hands, you're doing this waving thing, and suddenly you, you can release it. If they did yeah. that, and there was like fire, the skies opened up, and fire from hell came raining down, and cracks opened in the earth, and everything was falling through it dead, worth it. Wow. But when when Joe dreams, it's big. It's big. <laughs> I go big, I go home. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's this fire nuke. This little wave of fire comes out of me and is done. So anyway, that was that was my week. Nothing exciting, I guess you can say. <laughs> Just a bunch of fail on my part. So um, before I go into any more fail of my part, we have a dev question of the week. We all love these guys, right? Oh yeah. All right, let's see what we got this week. Hi, 
I'm Andrew Fredrickson, content producer for the Elder Scrolls Online. In past Elder Scrolls games, you've been able to create powerful weapons, potions, and enchantments. What are you looking forward to creating in the Elder Scrolls Online? And there is your question. What do we look forward to creating in Elder Scrolls Online? It's kind of a loaded question, gentlemen, because we don't know what you can create. So we get to like dream up a item or enchantment. I would assume so. I'm, that's what I'm going to ask you guys to do. Well, oh. I look forward to creating memories. Oh my god, get out! Just go! Oh my Just god! Go. Wow! Kick <laughs> Shank out of group. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow, man yes. card, por favor. <laughs> right. three, out of, three out of five votes, Shank, you're kicked out. Please leave the call. Reach into your purse, Shank, and get us your man card. That wasn't that wasn't Shank, that was Gunther. The, the Gunther! <laughs> no, no, no new personalities. <laughs> Maybe no, but, but seriously, can I be serious? I, I really, I want to create, like, if, 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 if there is housing, I would like to create stuff for the house. Like HGTV style. Yeah. Get out. Just go. <laughs> wow. We need to introduce Jenny to Shank. I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> she could get a doctorate off of Shank. What are you talking about? I think it'll work brilliantly. <laughs> yeah. She's worse than we are. <laughs> Shank is you know what I, I, in the making. What do you want, Dave? I would really like to see an enchantment for my shoes to like lay down fire poop as I run around because that's something that bosses have always done to me I'd like to be able to do it back to a boss <laughs> alright so what I would like to do <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it <laughs> I, I, I'm interested in um, alchemy and enchanting and uh, I'm, I'm interested in, in making some pretty awesome enchants and I'd like to see what's going to drop out of Cyrodiil that's so high level and so rare um, and I, I would like to see the ability to actually make your own enchants. That's, that's what I'm looking for. Kind of like spell weaving? Like in exactly. Oblivion, my friend. I love that system. Do you know what I want, guys? What's that? Chocolate. I'm going to flintlock. Oh, my. Don't <laughs> <laughs> <Both> kick widget. <laughs> Since episode one, guys, we should have flintlocks in Skyrim. They have to be in ESO, come on. <laughs> thousand years in the past, it makes total sense. Not. <laughs> I tried, right? You did try. You got your pirates. Yeah, well, they got, they got the pirates. The dual scimitars is pretty cool. No flintlocks. No R. No one-legged pirate orc. But you got the pirates. Uh, that's close. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you did, you did kind of get an orc. Right? So if you want to call it that. Two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> what about you, Lou? Well, I did have an idea in mind, but since uh, for me, ESO, yeah, it has classes, but to me, they feel more like uh, archetypes. Since we can do so much to make them into totally different classes, they mix and meld all the classes together, so to speak. Uh, I've always loved, since EverQuest 1, uh, the ability or the quest line for uh, the epic quest line for each class's archetypal weapon. A class weapon. That everyone knew, hey, yes, that's a you know, that's a druid's weapon. Okay, that's a cleric's uh, you know, mace. Uh, or for me, 
uh, that's a ranger. Well, they didn't have a bow back then, but it's two, it was two long swords. <laughs> you know, those are the ranger swords, the ranger epic weapon right there. That define, you know, that's the, uh, you see those weapons, there's no doubt you're facing that person. You know, that, that kind of class. And, and, you know, it gave you such aminos, enormous boosts to your primary stats and abilities. You know, all the really cool effect. I was kind of hoping that they might introduce something like that to where, you know, they gave us these quest lines to make these epic weapons. I think um, you're onto something here, Lou. (laughs) (laughs) As usual. That would be amazing to to be able to make class weapons and and class armor like that. Mm Mm-hmm. That would be that would be pretty legit, and then to be able to like make it as customized as the person asking, or that, or as customized as you are. Oh my god! To like put like our alliance or like guild emblem like crested into the hilt. Oh, okay, y'all y'all have gone too far. Y'all are uh, weird. No, that's awesome, man. I <laughs> like designing, so totally. Well, I I would hope that they have something like cloaks in the game. You know, like in Guild Wars. You could put your guild emblem on the cloak, oh. or a guild crest on the shield. Yeah, um, I, I remember someone commenting that they would like the the, the, the tabards, but they kind of nixed the idea of cloaks because they don't like it covered in armor. I'm like, uh, hello, what's a tabard do? <laughs> Sorry, you, can you actually read what you just said? <laughs> you want tabards, but you don't like cloaks because it covers up your armor. Okay, I get you. <laughs> There's a mem somewhere in there. I can yeah, see exactly. it. <laughs> you, you win. Your, your logic totally wins there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, guys. We have an email from Bradley. GBGA or GBJA7. Uh, Shank, this one's all you. <clears throat> oh, God. No voices. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Forgive me in advance if this has actually been discussed. A lot of material covered. We got you covered, sweetie. As far as the mega server, play my way filter, it sounds neat and all, definitely like that feature. However, sounds like it it could also potentially serve as a giant combination lock, making it difficult to hunt down and play with two or more friends who each have very different filter options and may not be part of the same guild or guilds. Oh my god, honey, don't even get me started on this. (laughs) I'm guessing there will be a friends list management system. Oh, that's cute. In place to override the filter in such cases, but wondering, asterisk, asterisk, and in italics, boys, essentially, how strict will filter options apply? Will it prevent grouping, etc.? <laughs> Hope you have a fun and productive trip. Take care, Bradley, a.k.a. Gunther. Yay! <laughs> you mind if I tackle this, guys? Please. Uh, every MMO comes with a built-in friend system. That doesn't, you don't have, they don't have to be in your guild to be in your friend system, and I'm about a hundred percent sure that they're going to be to where if they're in your friend system, if you, as long as you're not saying I don't want to be completely alone, nobody bother me, they're going to be available for you to group regardless. Yep. So I really don't think you have anything to worry about. If you know their name, plug it in, invite them to group, and they'll probably be there right with you regardless. If you're, I mean, that's as easy as that. Um. From experience, when we were at PAX East, they didn't have the social engine running, but all you did was press O on your keyboard, and it popped up all the people on your friends list. But um, you could also do slash, the slash on your keyboard, invite, and type the first and last name of whoever on the mega server, and it would send them an invite to join your party. That's actually how I invited Evarwin and Joe 
to my party when we were at PAX East. You know, I think there's a common misconception with this. I think people are getting under the impression that if they do their uh, questionnaire a certain way that everyone's going to just be unavailable to them. That didn't fit their questionnaire, which is not really the case. Everyone's still going to be there on the server and still playing. You just won't necessarily be able to see all of them because that's what your choice was as a preference. Um, so you can easily, like, say your friend calls you up, I'm on, I'm not in your guild, and we're not on a friends list yet, here's my game name, you can, like, do what Dave said, invite him, and there you go. Yeah, it's, it's actually, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot easier than it is in normal MMOs. You fill out your questionnaire, it's going to sort you based on, you know, if you're, if you like role-playing, if you like just playing, etc., etc. Um, it's going to pull your, your friends from Twitter, your friends from Facebook, if it applies, and it's going to uh, pull your guild and anyone on your friends list. It's going to take all of that information and create or just put you in an instance together. Um, if you have no one, you're just going to join a random instance, and there's going to be people there. So you just start making friends. There you go. Yeah. Anything that less? Anything else you guys want to say before we move on? Yeah. All right, Dave. It is time for your limelight, sir. Yay! Hang on, I got. I'm gonna take this moment and just appreciate that I have the floor for a second. Y'all, y'all, y'all like this? It's pretty nice. Soak it in. Ain't it? Soak it. Soak so it in. we're moving on to our next point of the week. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So. Point <laughs> no. Okay. Um, I'm talking about my Skyrim play real quick because that's well that's what i did actually i spent a lot of time outside of the game as well as inside of the game so i have a little uh bit of information for anyone who had some issues with scrim if your scrim is messed up and you you're freaking out don't freak out here's how you fix it first off what i did is i I, my my saves weren't even working this is probably no so i had to go in i gutted my my uh, mods. I removed every single one of them. SKSE is out the door. I'm not reinstalling it. I I had my problems with it, so I'm I'm I cried. Anyway, I went to Skyrim. I I knew it wasn't playing right. So here's what I did. I have it on the PC, so I'm sure it's a lot easier on consoles because you can't really mess them up as hardcore as I did on PC. <clears throat> but uh, here's what I did to fix it. I opened up my my. Uh, Steam. Then I right-clicked on the the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim in my library, and it popped up the thing that says uh, the little properties. This is actually a bunch of different things, but the very bottom one is properties, and it opens up this this whole big thing with general updates, all these different things. One of the tabs is called local files, and at the very bottom it says verify integrity of game cache. If you click that, it'll verify that all of your files for the game are proper aren't messed up it's in working order it takes a little while i'm sorry but this is how you fix a game that's already installed on your computer through steam i did that i had to download a little bit of stuff just to make sure that the the files were fixed and it worked then i went back into the game beaten and broken and tried to get my damn game modded up the way i could actually play the thing because let's be serious if my arrows aren't glowing i'm not going to play the damn game so that was the first thing i installed was my glowing arrows because that's that makes me happy that's my comfort blanket 
Um, also, I installed uh, belt-fastened quivers because quivers shouldn't be Legolas style. They should be behind your your waistband. Like, they should be, like, behind your back like a boss. That's sick. <laughs> I'm going to have to get this, dude. Yeah, the belt-fastened quivers is it's essential. It just irritates me when I'm, like, trying to play my character and all I can see is, Hey, look, a quiver of arrows is on your back. Hey, that's a nice sword you're using. Really? No, I'm okay with carrying a sword as long as my quivers are, like, on my lower back and not all up in my business. Um, Also, I install unread (laughs) books. (laughs) I install the, the mod for unread books glow, so I never miss a book, ever. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yep, I love that, dude. I also install ore glows, so I never miss ore on the ground, ever. Ever? And I also, my final one, I installed only five mods this time. My last mod that I have installed that that I'm running is the only one that matters other than glowing arrows. And you know what that is? That's right. The Elder Scrolls OTR hosts in Skyrim. Yay! <laughs> that way I can have a Varwin and have him get like beat down by a bunch of Draugr and laugh at him. No, that's what Liz is there for. Liz is me, dude. She kills everything. I hate her. Like her character. She's too powerful. She is. Ridiculous. Anyway, um I got my character to level nine. Uh, went back through. I had to redo a lot of the um, Stormcloak quests, but I finally got. I I've done it before, the Stormcloak thing, but th- I never really listened to what was being said. I went in and I overthrew White Run, and I kind of feel bad about it. Why? I'm not. I'm not sure where I stand on this. You have the the you know the milk drinker telling you the real Nords of Skyrim. The, the Skyrim should be free from the Imperials. Then mm. you get in there, you overthrow Whiterun, and the Jarl looks at you and goes, "I can't believe you're you're a traitor and and went with with uh, Ulfric because yes." The Imperials are kind of run by the the Thalmor, but the heart, soul, and blood that runs through the Imperial nation of Cyrodiil is, you know, the people of Skyrim. It, it is the Nords. And I was like, wow, I don't know if I really messed up by doing this. I'm well, it's not all, sure it's the right thing anymore. It's It's all about perspective. You know, the, the fact of the matter is that, you know, both sides, and we, we talked about this on the very first episode. Yeah. You know, I mean, both sides have things that you can understand why they dislike each other. Um, you know, I mean, both both do good things for Skyrim and both do bad things for Skyrim. You know, it's great that the Imperials are are – it's great that the Empire – is so vast because it provides protection for everyone in Skyrim. But at the same time, they're telling you that you're not free to practice the religion that you want. That said, that's the platform that, um, honestly, God, keep, I keep calling I, this guy I, the milk drinker. I forgot his name. Well, he is the milk drinker. Ulfric. Ulfric. 
Yeah, Stormcloak. You know, that's the platform that he uses to manipulate half of Skyrim and say, like, you know, let's let's rise up against this. But what is he delivering the people of Skyrim? They're on their own at the end of that. At the end of if they liberate themselves, they're completely on their own. And the Thalmor are lurking about, and they do have their 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 mind on Skyrim for some reason. Well, and they do. I mean, the greatest vindication I ever had with that storyline is when you meet Ulfric in the afterlife. What does he say? All right. He admits he made a mistake. Because what has he done with the Civil War? He's weakened Skyrim. So all those Nords who say, oh, yeah, Skyrim, 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 no more Imperial support. Guess what's going to happen? The Dominion is going to raffle stomp you because you don't have an army to take on the Thalmor anymore. See, that's absolutely what was said also, is that the, the, the Jarl of Whiterun, right after you beat him, he says, what's going to happen now that if you do rise up. Ulfric's gonna spread Skyrim so thin that anybody can just walk all over us. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I'm, I did this, and now I know I'm so far in this quest line that I can't change over, but honestly, if I could right now, I probably would after that event. Food for thought. I mean, mark of great game design that that actually, like, Dave is actually considering, like, his actions. I mean, that's pretty sick, man. Yeah. 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 Very, very good game design, actually. We already knew that, though. Mad prop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anything else, Dave? No, that's uh, where I ended up right right when I quit playing. This is so. interesting. This week, Dave becomes a philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes, Dave. Yeah, look at that. Awesome. <laughs> Love that comic. <laughs> this is an interesting one. Um, I found a very interesting story. Uh, number four on the list, Mr. Evarwin. All right, so we, uh, we, we got this one, and I couldn't help but, but throw this in because this is just amazing. Elder Scrolls soundtracks, now classics. So Classic FM, world's largest classical music station in the world, has announced that the results of their 300 most loved classical pieces of all time have finally come in after after many of their listeners thousands have voted for their favorite time of uh, pieces of all time and the 300 greatest have been compiled and the list is now viewable on their site which is hall of fame.classicfm.com forward slash 2013 all right that's great why do you care because <laughs> of all the classic pieces ever created Today's symphony enthusiasts have named Jeremy Soule's The Elder Scrolls series the number five greatest of all time. Who was number six? Beethoven. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. How awesome is that? That's nuts. I, yeah. I mean, jeez, man. <laughs> what are you saying? Yeah. I mean, what do you say? I mean, that. You, you know, you walk up to Jeremy Soul and, and you tell him, like, listen, classical music enthusiasts think you're better than Beethoven. Dude, you just beat out Beethoven. I mean, dude. <laughs> Card-carrying Bamf. I mean, can you imagine what's going to happen, like, if, if something Yeah, like Beethoven's going to get pissed, and since he's a big dog, he's going to go after Jeremy Soul, man. Jeremy Soul needs to be scared of dogs now. Wait, well, are we talking about like the Beethoven movie? Or Dave, the, the... Dave, go back to your corner. Okay. 
Not sure if. Uh, by the way, David Duchovny was in that movie at, at one point. Okay then. <laughs> Before we go way off track here. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. We have an email from Alex S. Lou, you want to grab this one? Sure thing. Alex S. He writes in. Hey, Alex goes off the record crew. Mm. Hey, Alex. <laughs> I have a question about guilds in ESO and in Tamriel Foundry. How would I go about starting a guild in ESO and actually rounding up people to join said guild in Tamriel Foundry? Thank you for the show and whatever advice you can give us guild starters. Troll Griffey, the ogre that trolls you. <laughs> you are one. Would you like to tackle this one, sir? Absolutely. Um, so here's, here's what you do. Uh, first thing you want to do is you are going to want to go to tamrielfoundry.com. Um, you're going to want to look at the very top of their page. It's, uh, you're going to see a, a nice bar. Uh, and uh, one of them is going to say community. Just mouse over that and pick on, uh, pick on, <laughs> choose groups and guilds. All right. Um, you can search for guilds in the in the uh, the search bar that's on the top, and just simply type E S O T R, hit enter, and boom, you will find. Uh, you'll find our guild, which is uh, ESOTR. It's a public guild for the Aldmeri Dominion, and currently we have 212 members signed up on uh, Tamriel Foundry. Um, it is the official guild of Elder Scrolls off the record for ESO. Uh, open guild for anyone who wants to join us. It's that simple. That's all uh, you do. I believe that they're asking about how to make their own. Yeah, the question was how they're going to make their own and how they go but, about getting people to join it. So that's that's how you join our guild. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so again, what you <laughs> Well, in most cases, let me rescue you here if I want. Um <laughs> Well, you can sign up and obviously do a, a post on Time Mail Foundry for your guild. Uh you might well, you want to have something that's going to draw people into it. Not not necessarily a gimmick, but something that would appeal to a particular audience or a group of people. Um, you can. We have ten dollars mentions you can use to advertise it through our show if you're interested in doing it that way. Most of the times, though, you're going to have to wait till the game actually launches live. Bring your friends in and just kind of, of grow from that point. That's how the vast majority of guilds start doing it. Um, a website, for instance, on um, guild launch couldn't hurt. <laughs> Things of that nature. Uh, other than that, I don't really have much more advice except for don't be too worried if you don't get that many people right off the bat before the game even goes live it could completely change once the game goes live and you're in the game and building new friends and, and building your guild together um, everyone, uh, everyone in the chat room join our guild yet <laughs> <laughs> I have a few tips if, if you'd like go ahead uh, the best way to get people to join your ESO guild is to reach out to where they are right now they're a lot of people are listening to podcasts. As Joe said, we do have the $10 mentions. They're also on Tamriel Foundry's forums for the people who are already looking into ESO. Also, when the ESO forums come up, I recommend being on there, being a signature with your guild name, linking to the guild that you've made on Tamriel Foundry or Guild Launch. That's honestly the best way to get your word out there, the name of your guild, is to get out there and talk to the people you'd like to join your guild. That's right. Um, again, we have we have those $10 mentions that, that Joe had mentioned earlier. You know, if you want to help 
advertise if he wants to help you advertise your uh, your guild we can we'll do that and uh, you can go to our website and we'll we'll give you a hand with that it's the the donation tab on our website all right mm-hmm. I think that's about it for news and playthroughs so now we're gonna get into the good stuff Lou the floor is oh. yours buddy yes lore master on ice thank you very much Joe <laughs> And tonight, I thought I'd start something really quick. I'm calling it the Elder Scrolls Rogues Gallery. If you're a DC Comics fan, this might sound familiar. (laughs) Villains? Yes, we sure got them. (gasps) And tonight, I just want to cover two of them. First and foremost, since it's a game we've all been talking about the past year and a half, we're going to start with Alduin. Really quick, down, dirty, brief, like you would see in a quick dossier. And here's one of his quotes, one of my favorites in the game. You do not even know our tongue, do you? Such arrogance to dare take for yourself the name of Dova. From Alduin to, yeah, to you. (laughs) (laughs) And who is he? That Nordic god destruction? Yeah, he's the main antagonist of the Elder Scrolls V, Skyrim. Supposedly the eldest son of the main god in the series, Akatosh. Supposedly evil counterpart. And with that being said, you could also be considered the elder brother of Parthenax, who was also his chief lieutenant during the Dragon War, but in the end ended up betraying him and helping the mortals of Nern instead. And what happened to him? Ages ago, he was defeated by the ancient Nord heroes who used an Elder Scroll to make him lost in time, and hopefully never return. And as we all know, that didn't quite work out, did it? <laughs> he ended up in the time of the Fourth Era, year 201. Where, yes, Skyrim takes place. If you ever notice, his name in the Draconic language translates into Destroyer, Devour, Master. Little fact for him, you know, since Alduin is the son of Akatosh, supposedly, chief deity of the Divines in the Elder Scrolls lore. And since the Dragonborn has the soul of a dragon, you know, that kind of makes Alduin your brother or your sibling. You think about it that way. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Never yeah, thought of it that way. Yep, and since, again, all dragons are children of Akatosh, you know, you're, you're kind of killing off your own. So, never <laughs> has so never has a phrase, come at me, bro, been more relevant. <laughs> exactly. Literally, yeah, come at me, bro. I got you. <laughs> Taking those sibling fights up to the next level. And as we've seen in various pieces of art in the game, he takes the form of a monstrous black dragon. And from there, he sets out to destroy Nern with the help of his servants, the other dragons. And yes, it's up to you, the player hero, the dragonborn, to stop him. If you can. <laughs> and as Remosa said, yeah, come at me half, bro. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to give you full props, just a half prop right there. <laughs> and the next film I'm going to cover tonight. He may sound familiar to lots of you. Probably to Shank, too. Banker yes. <laughs> Cameron. Or his own words, yes, you understand now. Tamriel is just one more data realm of oblivion. Long since lost to his prince when he was betrayed by those that served him. Lord Dagon cannot invade Tamriel. His birthright, he comes to liberate the occupied lands. Some pretty bold words there, Mankar. For those who may not know, he is the secondary antagonist of the Elder Scrolls IV, Oblivion. He is the leader of the mythic dawn cult devoted to Merun's Dagon and the individual responsible for setting most of the game's conflict into motion by having Uriel Seth the Seventh and his sons killed. He is supposedly, 
quotes, the illegitimate son of the infamous Cameron Usurper from Valenwood, though it is implied that this may not actually be true. And through the use of a tome known as Mysterium Xerxes, a magical book supposedly written by Mary's Dagon, Cameron would create his own plane of oblivion, Paradise, or Gaia Alata, for his followers. But the name and appearance of this plane of existence are actually misleading, as the people brought there are tortured and repeatedly killed by Dremora, only to come back to life in a never-ending cycle. Sounds like that hotel room we were at for Pax. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but torture. <laughs> yes, but fortunately we broke that cycle and get out of it. <laughs> Mankar believes the Nine Divines to be traitors to Lorcan, whom he believes to be a Daedric Prince whose plane of oblivion was Dawn's beauty, Tamriel. Now in the Third Era, Year 433, as we know, Mankar had the Emperor assassinated in order to break the covenant which protected Nern from Oblivion and launch a Daedric invasion by Marin Stegen into Tamriel. Now, while Mankar managed to gain possession of the Amulet of Kings, he failed to dispose of the last remaining heir, Martin Septim. While Mankar waited for the barriers between Nern and Oblivion to dissolve in Gair Alata, he was hunted down by the later champion of Cyrodiil. Yeah, that's you. And <laughs> he was slain. And that's just a bit of the Rogue's Gallery. Stay tuned. This will be an ongoing segment for me every now and then. And Brilliant. I want to say, yes, uh, thank you. I want to say thank you to the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages and the Villains Wiki for the information they provided tonight. Pretty sexy, Hope you all enjoyed Luke. it. <laughs> Lou's rocking out like usual. But Lou, you're not done here, buddy. We have some five-star review shout-outs. All right. Five-star review shout-outs. From our friends across the pond in the UK, Rich the Orc. Uh, he'll be my site sooner or later. Hopefully, he's on the same faction. Uh, Social Orphan. Aww. 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 Sigurds. <laughs> I hope I said that right. If not, send all the mail to Joe the Witcher Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Love you too, Lou. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> Our final thoughts, guys. Um, I have to be honest and admit I had ESO withdraws this mm. week, so it made it very hard for me to get into Skyrim. That's what Lulu was telling me. Yeah. We experienced oh, it before so in October, bad. if you remember correctly, Arwen. Yep. We both did. It was like, oh, we have to go back into Skyrim, but I want ESO again. <laughs> I want to play ESO. Um, <clears throat> I did get into Skyrim, and then, of course, once I got into it, I got into it and had my epic fell week, but... I look forward to getting some more Epic Fell Weeks and hearing more about <laughs> Hell Scrolls Online. Jeez, Joe. <laughs> way I look forward week. to sucking more. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. The way it went so far this week. Yeah. Let's, let's get some more of that epic widget back with the slow time shout and the, you know, the, the bow and arrow dude, you know, jumping off uh, cliffs and, you know, one shot and dragons and they're falling from the yeah. sky and you're doing tumble rolls and getting back up and everyone's going. Ah, well, ah, <laughs> yeah, well, it made a different part of the story. As I forgot to actually mention was my one point nine thoughts, but uh, we're getting that next week. I was gonna actually going to turn my Archer Girl into a full two-handed BA like my Red Guard used to be. Oh, sweet. By using the uh, the awesomeness of 1.9. Yeah, getting those perks back. Mm-hmm. Did you do it? I'm going to. I'm going to turn this week, actually, my plan is I'm going to take all the arrows off, all the archery stuff off, all the sneak off, and put it into heavy armor and two-hand weapon. Nice. 
All right. Um, was that your final thought, Barwin? <laughs> uh, my, no, my final thought is this. Um, I, I can't believe, for the first time, I am actually excited about, about PvP content in an MMO. That, that floors me. It, it only took that one article to just, like, spark that. And I was always, like, semi-interested, but now I'm, like, really into this. So I'm really looking forward to it. Well done. Well done, Zoss. I don't like PvP, and, and you've got me really interested in this. Well Same. done. Yeah. You got that little hook into us. And Lou. Oh, that article again. For me, it's also a great, great thing to read. And just to see the kind of thought they put into PvP, into this game. Okay, they, you know, they want to take both crowds that have formed over the years and just bring them together and say, look, you can have you can have the cake and eat it too. <laughs> okay? Or, as we like to say, you can have your meat and your potatoes too. Y- yes. Oh, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> just for you, Lou. You know, and I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I haven't PvP'd in you know, MMO in a few years because, quite frankly, the other games I've played, uh, the model is just horrible. Or just not to my taste. And here I, I think this will finally bring a lot of people who are afraid to even go into PvP just to try it out and you know what I, I think they're going to like it and Dave I'm also going through ESO withdrawals withdrawals Jesus I'm so out of it um, did y'all try yet to see if there are mods that can make it like ESO <laughs> <laughs> because from like all the awesomeness that was PAX I'm so addicted to ESO now. Like, I looked, I honestly looked for a way for all of my health, magicka, and stamina every time I level up to have one point putting all of those on top of my free point. I looked for that, like a mod that would let me do that, and I couldn't find one. You know, I'm really, I want a mod that changes the Skyrim UI into the Elder Scrolls Online UI. Sorry, right, Dave. I, I I know how you feel. We're we'll get through this together. It's okay. We're Can we make like support. a support group? We'll make like, a website with forums of um, <laughs> ESO Anonymous. Yeah, we should make a support group and call it like Elder Scrolls Off the Record or something like that, <laughs> and just like meet every Thursday night for like two or three hours, just talking about Elder Scrolls. Maybe that will help me get through this. Uh, my name is Dave. And I'm an ESO crack addict. Hi, Hi Dave. Dave. Hi, Dave. Hi. <laughs> like it's been four hours since my last Skyrim playtime. Aww. <laughs> uh, Shank, your final thoughts? Um, I don't want Dave back. <laughs> I'm sure it's a mutual feeling. <laughs> No, no, but seriously, I, I, uh, I want to go back and play some Oblivion and stuff. And, and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. All right, Yvarwin, our final thoughts, please. On how to, oh, final thoughts. I had it right the first time. My brain got screwy <laughs> thinking of ESO. How to reach us through yes. our final thoughts. Save me. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're looking to, if you like our show and you're looking to reach our show, you can find us at our website, Elder Scrolls, off the record.com. You will find our show there. 
you will find many articles written by Shank, Brian Armstrong, and Joe Bradford on news and opinions happening in Elder Scrolls Online. All of the Elder Scrolls games. Also, questgamingnetwork.com is the website for our network. You can find portal sites to elderscrollsofftherecord.com and Minecraft offtherecord.com from there as well. You'll also find general gaming news and info through there as well. Elder Scrolls Off the Record at gmail.com is our email. Send us an email. Say hi. Tell us how much we stink. Tell, how, tell us uh, how much you enjoy the show. Send us an MP3 email. You could do that too. All at Elder Scrolls Off the Record at gmail.com. Uh, we do have a YouTube version of this show. If YouTube is your thing and you prefer to check us out via YouTube, go to youtube.com forward slash Elder Scrolls O-T-R. Also, we, uh, we are posting our Elder Scrolls uh, streams there as well. So uh, Oblivion and uh, Skyrim, uh, you know, if we're playing it and streaming it, we will have a copy of it up on YouTube as well for you to enjoy. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash Quest Gaming Network is our network's YouTube account. You can find all the different kinds of games that we are playing and streaming there as well. $10 mentions. We spoke about it earlier. I just wanted to say it one more time uh, for those of you out there who are looking to build a guild in Elder Scrolls Online. This is a perfect way for you to advertise yourself through our show. We are very happy to do it. $10 is all it costs, and it goes out to many, many, many different listeners. Uh, speaking of listening, where to listen to us, you can find us on iTunes. I'll say that again. You can find us on iTunes. You don't have to listen to us through the website. <laughs> many of you have asked. We are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher Radio as well. You can find us on Zoom. If you have your own podcast reader you would like to use you can take our rss feed which is found on our website and you can uh you know go and use whatever you want we would recommend uh podkicker or rss demon on the google play store uh also don't forget our other shows minecraft off the record live sundays at 7 p.m check out uh joe and dave as they uh go into their minecraft adventures joe what's going on lately with that show uh, building a server, and what was really cool is I actually got to show up the, sh- the server to Shank. So um, it's just we're literally designing a game based off of Minecraft and talking about it every week. Yeah, my mind was blown for the two-hour stream, so um, it was sick. <laughs> Very impressed. <laughs> uh, Shank, you've got uh, you've got something else that you're doing. You mentioned it earlier, but uh, let's 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 hear about it. Yeah, so um, we started a thing uh, called Streaming Saturday, um, and what it is is every Saturday, myself or any of the other hosts uh, will be streaming uh, something, just anything, you know, um, just because we were gamers like you, and we want to reach out to you guys, and we want to connect, and we thought this was a great way to get engagement with you guys, because you're supporters of us, you know, and uh, we want to support you back as well. So if you are 18 or older, every Friday, we will... Um, tweet out a way to be a part of that stream, whether it'll be in the form of a question or any like other small sort of trivia question, anything. It'll just be, you know, keep it locked to our Twitter every Friday. And uh, you have to be 18 or older. 
But uh, if you're selected, you guys, one of you guys can, you know, get the opportunity to join us on a stream on Saturday when times will be announced via Twitter as well. And uh, who knows, you know, you can uh, just hang out with us, have a good time and uh, talk to some of the other hosts as well. I think uh, Joe and Dave were on the last one with me and uh, we had Wade Carpenter as a guest and uh, it was it was pretty fun. We had a good time. But um, yeah, just uh, keep a lot to our Twitter for streaming Saturday news, guys. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really uh, I'm really interested in, in checking some of these uh, some of these out. Next time I have a, a Saturday off, I want to hang out with you guys and, and actually do an episode of that. Absolutely. Twitter. You can find us on Twitter. And if that's your thing, you can find the show at Elder Scrolls OTR. And don't forget about the hosts. Our wonderful host, Joe Wilson, can be found at the widget. W-I-G-I-T. I'm Evarwin. You can reach me at Evarwin. E-V-A-R. W-Y-N. Lou, our lore master, is at GamerGuy11B, G-A-M-E-R-G-U-Y-11B. Dave, who cares? Shank is... <laughs> really? <laughs> Dave is at D-Enforce, D-I-E-N. No, I don't even want you to say it anymore. I don't even want it. No. Okay, fine. Moving on. C-E. <laughs> 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 no, 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 follow Dave, guys. He he says uh, some of the most unbelievable stuff on Twitter. He's he's absolutely hysterical. Really, it's if you think he's funny on the show, he's funnier <laughs> on Twitter. Especially when he gets into it with Liz. Golden. <laughs> Golden. <laughs> and Shank, Shank the Tank at Shank, S H A N K T H T A N K. And as we like to say around here, leave off the E for savings on pumice stones. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's been a fun episode, guys. Elder Scrolls Off the Record is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with Miller's Network. I just want to say, Fusra, you all, next week. Take care, everyone. Be safe. May the Fus be with you. Good night, everyone. Thank you for joining us tonight. Hope you all liked it. See you all again next week. Bye, everybody. Hopefully Shank won't be here next week. And I'm leaving. Shadow hide you. Welcome, welcome to Storytime. Tonight, a Tamrielic lullaby. In the great green tomb, there was a Chorus, and a Draugr that had been dead since Sundas, and a picture of a Guar jumping over the Mundus, and there were two Netches, sitting on benches and a frost troll with a sweet roll and an orcish oaf with a horker loaf and a storm outrinach with the wabajack and an old moth priest who was whispering magica good night mundus good night charis good night guar jumping over the mundus Good night, Draugr that had been dead since Sundas. Good night, Frostroll. 
Good night, sweet roll. Good night, Orkashov, with a horker loaf. Good night, Atronach. Good night, Wabajack. And good night to the old moth priest who was whispering Magica. Good night, Ogrim, Dremora, Clanfear. Good night, Daedra, everywhere. Who's all there?